Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. It's it's Aloha Friday. <laughs> we made it. Made it to the end of another week. It's the Sports Animals Now. This is ESPN Honolulu. And uh, here's some good news coming as you're heading on into work. Allison Corpuz, of course, the uh, U.S. Open winner last week uh, from Kapolei. She is three shots back at the Dana Open right now. So doing pretty good. Uh, she got um, uh, grouped up with Lydia Ko and Minji Lee. I mean, how's that for a TV grouping right there? Yeah, that was pretty cool. You know, I, I saw the, my first knowledge of this yesterday with the scoreboard was watching ESPN and the ticker, and at the bottom they just had a few mentions but nothing about her. So I'm thinking, oh, it must be emotional letdown maybe after the U.S. Open and all the hoopla and publicity and media obligation. And then you find out she's only three strokes off the pace. Now, I know there's a whole bunch of golfers there. I think she's uh, the top 14 still. Though, that's a pretty impressive performance after the whirlwind week she had. She went right from California to yeah. Ohio. So that's got to be pretty tough mentally. So I'm really glad for her. And what a story would be at least if she's just in contention. On Sunday, oh, let sure. alone win, right? I mean, you want to. I mean, you, it's it's top ten wins, it's top five wins. That all goes down, you know, when they're great. When you, as far as getting, uh, you know, points, she's number. She went from nowhere to number six in the world. That's how big that yeah. U.S. Open was. All right, uh, let's get an update on Kamaka Hepa in the uh, Vegas Summer League in the NBA. Yeah, they they play every other day, so Kamaka got to play yesterday, where Tuesday he did not get into action for New Orleans. They did win over Charlotte. He seemed to be the first player off the bench. He did play 10 minutes, more than the nine on Sunday. Still has not attempted a shot in Vegas. This time, though, at least he got two rebounds and a steal. And here's something that could be... A little significant. He was a plus eight yesterday. He led the team. He was tied for the lead in plus minus points, which we've talked about, which means they've scored more points when he was on the court. In his first game on Sunday, he was a plus nine. He led the team. Now, that might not have a thing to do with him making the team. It be a reason why he makes the team, but it's one of the positives you can take out of it. He's not hurting the team. I just hope he gets a shot attempt up or more before this is over. They start playoffs on Sunday. We'll know by tomorrow who and when they they play on Sunday. Don't you find it funny that along the ticker while you're watching Sports Center, it's like they have final scores of, of exhibition games? <laughs> I guess you would have, you know, I, they show it during the NFL preseason, so I guess it's not that funny. But, you know, I I, I don't know that I care, unless maybe it's for betters, that, um, that oh, look, San Antonio beat Orlando in, in summer league play today. Look at that score. <laughs> and this is even weirder because you're not playing to. You're not necessarily playing to. You are playing to win because you're practicing winning, right? Yes. But at the same time, you're you're playing guys anyway. It's, you're working on situations, but this isn't even preseason. This is the summer league, and oh. <laughs> I, I like one of the apps. I look at the score. They don't even show the scores on there for the summer league. Mm-hmm. I have to look. ESPN, of course, does. 
All right. Uh, what is going on at Northwestern? They fired their baseball coach yesterday. They got a new baseball coach, and they fired him already. Came is this over. like a Todd Graham situation in the baseball world? This is, again, the culture there is really a suspect, to say the least. Jim Foster was hired last year, came over from Army, which he did pretty good over there in the Patriot League. And even before the season started, that's the thing about it, when you mentioned Todd Graham, there were comparisons in, quote, the probe and investigation showed, quote, that he engaged in bullying and abusive behavior. Now, this oh. was stated before the season did even they have started. Dr. Pep- did they have Dr. Pepper in their soda machine? Apparently, they were out of order. <laughs> and, again, the fact that you fire the guy, bad enough. But the fact that this went on before the season. Now, one of the things I read on this is that the investigation and all the higher-ups at Northwestern were so busy with football over the last couple of months that they kind of put this on the, uh, on, the on the side, so to speak. And now that the football investigation is over and Pat Fitzgerald was relieved, they did the same with Jim Foster. He had 16 players transfer since the season ended a month and a half ago. 16. Mm. That's almost that's half the team, I would say, maybe even more. A little bit more. It's a little bit more than half. And if you have like 20, yeah, anyway. Several assistant coaches quit. This is, I mean, this is not the same thing as hazing with Pat Fitzgerald. Again, the culture word I'll use again at Northwestern. I will blame the athletic director again because he hired him a year ago. And the fact that some of this uh, allegation, the allegations were forwarded to Derek Gregg, the AD, at least for now. And Mm -hmm. he even says it's been an ongoing situation. He said, I take ownership of our head coaching hires and we will share our next steps as they unfold. I, I don't know if this guy's going to keep his job, whether he deserves to or not. You're the guy, like you've said a couple of times this week, you're the guy who's ulti- ultimately responsible more than the coaches. Right, but didn't he just get hired like 18 months ago? It was a little over a year. I mean, he didn't, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't, but he didn't fire the. He didn't fire the. I mean, he didn't hire the football coach. You can't put Pat Fitzgerald on him, right? Well, you can't put the hiring, but you can say, how did he let this go on without doing more? The thing, let's go back to the suspension. They suspended him for two weeks this month. If you wanted to make a little bit of a point, you suspend him for the first game of the year against Cupcake U. I don't even know who they're playing. But that's what you do to make a little bit of a point. Not a Big Ten game, but you don't suspend him for two weeks in July. That wasn't a suspension. That only cost him a few dollars. But does that warrant firing? For the athletic director? No. Right. But it probably could happen, though. I mean, I'm playing both sides of the fence. I mean, I have a – there's a – it's now that it – you see how royally the guy might be messing up. Now I say, instead of, is the athletic director, you know, yesterday I'm like, isn't the athletic director responsible, ultimately? And today I'm like, well, is he responsible? (laughs) I don't think it should cost him his job. Kind of a different view. Well, I don't think think it should cost him his job, but I think we know from previous history – in college athletics that it could lead to him losing his job. And now you have two coaches. We heard about the cheerleaders, uh, the cheerleading program there. There's going to be an investigation. And I forget the other sport. I know uh, Tanner had told us the other day there's a fourth sport they're investigating there as well. Again, the culture there. And that all has to fall under the umbrella of the athletic director. Still, I don't think he should be blamed as much as maybe some others. And even with Pat Fitzgerald, I, I – 
I know he was going to get fired by everything we learned during the week. I think somebody else should have been responsible as far as maybe an assistant or two, and apparently they are all keeping their jobs. I can't believe Pat Fitzgerald was the only one who had knowledge and did nothing about the football program. And again, baseball is different. Northwestern is a mess right now. See, but Pat Fitzgerald didn't have knowledge. That's what you were saying yesterday. Well, that's what the investigation showed, but he's ultimately responsible. Right. So he's ultimately responsible. So nobody knew what was going on in the showers? That's what I, you know what I mean? So I'm agreeing with what you're saying is there's got to be somebody who knew what was going on. You did a whole investigation, didn't you? Right, right. Uh, so that that I, I really wonder about. And again, the suspension shows that they didn't, to me, they didn't handle this right the way they suspended him. And, you know, some of the things I've been reading about Northwestern as well, they're going to be building an $800 million football stadium. $800 million. That's a lot. And I know they get Big Ten money, uh, but that is just incredible that they have that much money to spend on a new stadium. Now, just to follow up with Northwestern, there's talk about who could be replacing Pat Fitzgerald. Adam Rittenberg for ESPN had a column yesterday about 14 candidates that he feels could be in the mix. One of them is a familiar name. His name is Kenny Niamatololo, and he is currently with UCLA. I, I had forgotten that he got What's hired. What's he doing at UCLA? He's a, 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 I'll get the exact title in a second. An assistant for a, a leader of a, a, an assistant in charge of leadership. And I'm going to get the exact title in a second. Oh, okay, okay. okay. But he got so one of those like different type titles. Yes, he's, he's like a consultant kind yes, of for them, yes. not a coaching job. Okay, right. But they mentioned him. And I thought that was just interesting to keep your eyes on somebody like him. And, again, uh, I'd be glad for Kenny uh, if that were to happen. I think they listed him as 58-59, which is irrelevant. But uh, I thought that was pretty interesting there. But Northwestern <laughs> What do you mean they listed him at 58-59? Well, is, is I'm sorry, how old? They were listing everybody's age. And they were saying no. that this would probably be his last job, but he's definitely qualified for what he did in yeah. Navy. Yeah. I mean, they – okay, you – you did the uh, you had the triple option in the in this kind of a sidebar. We're going, I'm going off a little bit, but I'll bring us back. <laughs> you go from a triple option, and, and it worked pretty well um, for you. And Navy played in the what did they play in for football? They were in the AAC. Oh, the AAC. Are you sure the yeah, AAC? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would something like that work in the Big Ten? Probably not. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, that's what he's known for. I can't all of a sudden picture uh, Ken Niamatololo uh, coaching a team using the West Coast offense. Interesting, yeah? Yeah, but I'm glad that his name was mentioned. Uh, there were some other oh, yeah. kind of big names, uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State uh, and a few others that might have ties there. But And I don't know if he's interested, but I'm glad. It made me just feel good that uh, ESPN, Adam Rittenberg, is at least not acknowledging that he would be worthy of maybe getting the job there permanently. But right now it's a mess. And you would think anybody might be a little reluctant to maybe take that job away because it's going to be they're going to be set back. They're going to get penalized eventually. Who, Northwestern? By the NCAA. Oh, the ba- for, we're talking I, about baseball? Well, football and baseball, oh. I would think. Well, maybe more football. The baseball is probably not an NCAA offense as far as the bad behavior. But hazing, I would imagine, could lead to some kind of penalty. And I guess I'm just going to tie this in real quick with Tennessee because they, they are in trouble by what Jeremy Pruitt did there, over 100 violations there. And Wait, he we'll got go a... back to that. Hold okay. that one thought. Hold that okay. thought. Uh, but, but going back to this baseball, uh, we'll get to that in a second, but going back to this baseball thing, uh, Derek Gragg, is that how you say his name, Gragg, G-R-A-G-G? I, 
Well, maybe yeah, it, sure. maybe it's Grog, Derek, uh, Mr. Grog. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I like what he said though. At least he's taking ownership. As a director of athletics, mm-hmm. I take ownership of our head coaching hires, and we'll share our next step as they unfold. You know what? I think it's easy for us because we're not there to kind of judge. And I, I think we all kind of do that naturally when we're looking at sports stories like this. But also, I think you have to you have to realize that culture and the culture, for some reason, at Northwestern has been this way, now we're reading, for quite a while. And so it's hard to just kind of just turn a whole culture around like in a year. Right, right. You know, there's probably stuff that he realized when he got the job and maybe stuff they're working on. Or maybe this is the reason, because they're working on culture, this is why all of this stuff all of a sudden is all coming out. I mean, this coach got, you know, this coach got sent to, to the HR department before this the baseball season even started. I know you mentioned that, but I just wanted to reiterate it, that, you know, this, this is kind of a problem. And maybe Jim, uh, sorry, not Jim Faster, Derek Gragg, Maybe he should be commended on the work that he's doing by cleaning that place up. Maybe, but let's look at it also from a week or two ago. We knew about the suspension for Pat Fitzgerald, which almost was comical in the two weeks in July. It really wasn't until that Northwestern newspaper article or column came out over the weekend that pointed the anonymous pointed to the anonymous player or two that gave specific details that now he gets fired two days later. So I don't know if that's really the athletic department getting in front of it or doing enough or being proactive where if that article didn't come out, you wonder if Pat Fitzgerald would still be coaching today. Mm. All right. Uh, I, I tell you what, Dan Wolken from USA Today Sports is going to join us on college football in about 20 minutes. So I wanted to get, I want to, get to some University of Hawaii uh, football stuff in a second, but since you brought up the Tennessee, because I'm sure you're going to be asking Dan about this. So let's sure. get a little background on what is going on. What is going on in Tennessee? I mean, they over 200 violations to the football program. That's that's it almost seems like it's hard to do. <laughs> it, it should be hard to do. It should be. Some, I mean, you know, most schools when you have the violation, there's more than one or two. But I don't know if I've ever heard about in the hundreds like this. And I forget exactly how many years it covered, but it covered the, the tenure of Jeremy Pruitt, uh, who was a former Nick Saban assistant way back when. And he's got a six-year show cause penalty, which is interesting in that if he gets hired, he has to sit out a whole year no matter when that is. So some schools might be a little reluctant with that one-year penalty. But what I find good and interesting about this, there's no postseason bowl ban. And what I've been reading about this Mm. is that the NCAA, maybe not listening to me because I've said this for years, innocent Mm. players should not be punished for what a previous regime did, meaning Mm. the postseason bowl ban. And they're not going to do that anymore apparently they're not going to punish this year's team or two years from now's team with tennessee because of what happened during a different coach a different regime that been that's fair and that should have been done a long time ago so uh, of these 200 infractions uh i guess there was charges of sixty thousand dollars in impermissible benefits um and both i guess the the coach and his wife made cash payments to players' families. Remember when that was illegal? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Man, 
it's you know I was mentioning that after this Northwestern thing, after the hazing thing, that it's maybe a domino effect, and people are going to kind of join in and go, well, I got hazed at this place, and I got hazed at that place. You know what? It didn't happen. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if it's. You think it's still going to happen? I do. I believe you on that because I think it'll take a little time. If you're a player, mm-hmm. let's say you're a current player, you probably got to be a little careful to say the least in how you come about this. As far as making it public, you'll go to the AD. Now, also according to this, some of the players wanted to meet with the AD at tennis at uh, Northwestern, and they were not granted access. So that's what the players might want to do. They probably want to make sure they're handling in the proper manner not to ruin themselves or doing things legally that might not come out a little bit differently. So maybe it takes a little time. But I I agree with you. I think that more uh, players, more schools are going to have things like this unravel in the next I don't know how many months. Mm. We've got more on college football. Also, college football news. What do they think about Hawaii's season upcoming? Uh, We'll go over that coming up on ESPN Honolulu. 92.7 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Man. It's, it's kind of been like a police blotter uh, so far this morning, talking about Northwestern and the, the culture over there and the baseball coach. Uh, they fired him after he's bullying players and coaches. Mass exodus, Todd Graham style from Northwestern baseball. Probably the first time in, I don't know, 15 years, whatever, however long we've been doing this show, we talked about Northwestern baseball today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it never really comes up that often. It's a first for everybody. Uh, yeah, 200 violations to uh, uh, Tennessee football. Wait, isn't that where Mackenzie Milton is? It's a new regime. Yes. Oh, that's where he poor is. Poor Kenzie's got to deal with that fallout. And uh, thanks, Mel. I got an email from Mel. Uh, college football news has their uh, predictions out, and uh, University of Hawaii is predicted by college football news. To improve on their three and ten record and go four and nine, I'm hoping for five wins, maybe even six. Okay, so we they got us losing the first two games to Vanderbilt and Stanford, and I can't remember somebody had us beating Stanford. Remember last week, Mountain West Wire, yeah. yeah, Mountain West Wire. Okay, yes. uh, let's see. They they have us beating uh, Al Albany, 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 Albany. Tomato, tomato. They have us beating that school. They have us beating New Mexico State, which I think is important to get our psyche back. We're not supposed to lose to New Mexico State. Right. And then we they have us winning on the road at New Mexico and for some reason beating San Jose State here at home. It was like losing to – I mean, they have us losing the last four games of the season on the road to Nevada – Air Force at home at Wyoming. Oh, Wyoming in November. Yikes. And Colorado State. Oh, they have us losing at UNLV because we seem to always lose at UNLV. Right. But um, I don't know. What do you think of that? Four and nine? 
I mean, it'd be an improvement, not much, yes. I, I saw another publication, or Warrior All Access on Twitter had a college football, I'm not sure what sites had, had the predicted order of finish, and they have Hawaii 5 and 8 and 3 and 5. Uh, I mean, to look for a bowl game. What do you mean, which, five and eight? Oh, three and five in conference. in conference. For anybody to think, hey, we, we should, hopefully we'll go to a bowl game this year, obviously that's a goal. That would be great. But as you and I have discussed and others as well, including Tanner, of course, is, you know, if we can get five, six wins from three, that's that's a pretty good improvement. So we, right. we're being greedy wanting a bowl game, and it could happen, I guess. Yeah. You know what? I, I want a bowl game because you only have to go seven and six. I want a bowl game next year. I, I just I, – I, I, we just got to – got to remember – what this program has been through and we've got some good players we've got i i believe in Braden shager we got a good quarterback we have cam stone who came from wyoming that's everybody's talking about the guy we've got we've got some good players we don't have enough peter manuma is not going to win win it single-handedly on defense we're still building let's just enjoy this season what one more hang with us Let's do one more for the brotherhood. Come on, one more. Just enjoy the season, uh, and it is what it is. Third season, then let's go to a bowl game. Yeah, that's I think my opinion. Right, but signs of improvement is what you're also saying. And five wins, four, five, six wins is not a bowl game. Not a bowl game on the horizon after that, but it's improvement. And one more win, I don't know if it would be enough. And I don't know exactly where they're going to come from. As you've said often, I totally agree. You win some games you're not supposed to. You lose some you're not supposed to. Who will that be this year? We'll find out. But if they can win five games, I overall right now, not that I would take it necessarily, but I would feel like that's showing improvement. And I just think there's so many incoming players and the returning players are pretty good that there should be improvement. And Braden Shaker, even if he's just as good as he finished last year, which I think he'll be better, it's just a matter of how much better, I think this team might surprise a couple of schools. Yeah. the um, uh, Pete Futak uh, is one of the writers. of this. He's been on our show, I think, before from College Football News. Pete Futak? Sounds familiar, yes. Yeah. Uh, so he says, "This I, I just want to read this to you. Bear with me because it's kind of cool. They give us some uh, pretty good respect here. It says, Hawaii football has always has to walk the finest of lines. It now plays in a 9,000-seat athletic complex. Uh, Pete didn't get the update yet, but it goes on. After Aloha Stadium was no longer an option. <laughs> I see, I wish that they he would let the national readers know why our stadium was no longer an option. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. We'll give Donna Mercado Kim a day off. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. Anyway. It's Aloha uh, no one logs more travel miles. There's a 13th game thrown in there because of the distance. And getting decent talent to come in at a consistent level is next to impossible. You see, that's what Timmy Chang has been doing the last couple of years. Getting decent talent to come in at a consistent level is next to impossible. I guess you could say that's true. Well, I, I'm Hawaii not sure. he doesn't have consistent winning teams since June Jones was here. True. Nick Rolovich did a good job, but there was, you know, it yeah. was, it was. Um, you want to go to a bowl game every year. That should be automatic. Yeah. Once you're established, yeah. you have to go to, a, you have to finish 500 or better. There's not enough excuses, you know, two or three years from now with Timmy, no matter what the schedule is. Well, partly because of the schedule, I guess. But you should be able to go 500 if you're a decent team or seven and six. Yeah. Uh, now it says, however, the Rainbow Warriors play 
and in capital letters, the Rainbow Warriors play hard. That's nice. That's, That's nice. To, you know what? We, we got To me, it says, Hawaii has heart. Hawaii players are used to things being a little different, and they use that to their advantage with a, as tight a bond as any in college football. He's talking about the brotherhood. I think that's just so cool that a national writer is like, hey, this is, this, is, this is what Hawaii is all about. They don't have the facilities. They don't have the athletes. They, you know, they they're got their backs against the wall, yet they come out fighting like warriors. Great perception for heart. people to think about the Hawaii Shark. Right. I mean, that's, a rec- you know, that's something you keep when you, you take you with you on the road to recruiting, right? Yes. So last year would have been so easy to simply chalk up as a lost cause after the mass exodus of players and the fallout after the end of the Todd Graham era. Set the program way, way back. But the team battled until the end with, en- get this, with enough close call losses to get a little hope going into 2023. Still might be a climb to get back to the level of 2019. Mountain West Championship five years ago, blah 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 blah. But I thought that was a I thought that was a really nice commentary made by uh, Pete Futak of College Football News. Somebody who's not biased, obviously, so he's just calling it out as he sees it. And I don't think mm-hmm. anybody could really disagree with how hard they play, how they had those close games last year. I think it was a four out of five game stretch they lost by seven or less. Now you could say, well, they still lost, but they were showing signs of improvement. There's no debating that from week two or three to week 11 and 12. Right. They definitely what were better. Did, offensively, and I'm just uh, I'm quizzing you for fun because I I what was our problem on offense? Did we have a problem in our? I mean I know points scoring points, but did we have a problem in the red zone last year? Oh yeah, at the beginning of the season oh, okay. there was the middle tennis no not middle tennis Western Kentucky I'm getting them mixed up the Western Kentucky game I believe was the game where Hawaii at one point in the first quarter was down on the three or four yard line and kept moving backwards three plays in a row a sack a penalty and maybe a fumble. And I think they missed a field goal. And that was just a little indicative on how they were at the beginning of the season. Also, to be, from my memory, the pass completion percentage was not in the 60s percent range, if at all, more than once or twice. They had a hard time. But there were a few games down the stretch where Braden Shager did throw for about 300 yards. And you know, we're not expecting Colt Brennan numbers from Brayton Shager, but I think he showed signs of improvement. The passing game, remember, they didn't throw a touchdown pass. They were the last team in the country to throw a touchdown pass last year. And I'll get, I'll get to. We'll have some more details coming up, but we we do. I get a traffic check here, but they're saying Hawaii had one of the nation's least efficient passing attack, uh, mm-hmm. efficient passing attacks. Third downs were a problem. That seems to. I yes. seem to remember that now. Uh, it was a struggle to generate big plays. What they do say is the running game worked. They'll go into more detail on the offensive line. Getting the ball to 5'7", 175-pound back Tylen Hines matters. Now you see, he's jumping on your bandwagon. He says, here's how you win. Give the ball to Hines. And then uh, the receiving core has got to come through, too. The receiving core was a little disappointing last year, too. Uh, that's college football news's take. We'll get into the defense and more uh, coming up here. And um, you know what? I just want to shout out to my man Jonah Kahahavai Welch. 
he came down and uh, supported charity at an event we did at Dixie Grill. So, oh, so he's uh, yeah. He had the war. Remember the Warrior Platter that oh, Joe yeah. Crockett was talking about? Yeah, he was he was the best eater out of all the <laughs> UH guys that came down. He's not that big a guy either. I mean, you know, he's big, like strong and muscular, like a football player. But you know, with that team, that's probably quite an accomplishment. Yeah, with any football right. team. It's 6.33. Uh, weather-wise, this weekend, it's going to be mostly sunny. It's going to be hot. Good day for the beach. High near 90, low in the mid-70s. Uh, trades right now are 10 to 15 miles per hour, per hour. We'll check your traffic and be right back with Dan Wolken from USA Today Sports with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Hope you're having a great Aloha Friday. Keep cool today. It's going to be a hot. Drink lots of water. Oh, by the way, speaking of drinking, <laughs> Growler Hawaii is a place to be on Wednesday. Join us on person, in person, on site. Well, join us on site, in person. When I, come on down to Growler Hawaii from 5 to 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, Gary and I will be down there. Come on down and meet Tanner Hayworth. Tanner's going to be there. Chad Owens will be there. You can squeeze his biceps maybe. And then uh, let's see who else is going to be there. Charlie Wade. Charlie Wade is going to be there. Uh, we're going to somehow fit Kainoa Wade into the show. And uh, we've got uh, Coach Bud's going to be there. It's going to be good fun. Join us 5 to 7 at Growler Hawaii from ESPN Honolulu. I see the uh, Aloha Kia hotline is winking at us, Gary. Yeah, and it's perfect time when we love talking to our next guest about whatever is going on in the world of college football or basketball, even tennis at times. But today it'll focus on college football as we are joined here on ESPN Honolulu. He's a national columnist for USA Today Sports. Dan Wolken back with us. Dan, always great to talk to you. And we'll start with, oh, we get to Tennessee because that was the breaking news earlier. But your thoughts on the Northwestern football situation with the hazing and Pat Fitzgerald losing his job earlier this week. Yeah, I guess my only thoughts are that as soon as I saw the, um, you know, the Daily Northwestern, the student newspaper there, what they reported. And, uh, uh, Dan, we have a bad connection there. Are you on speaker, Dan? Can you not hear me? Okay, yeah, we're getting like an echo in the background there. Can you not hear me? Now we can. Now it looks. Can you hear better. me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess my only thoughts were that uh, as soon as I saw the Daily Northwestern story and the former player at Northwestern who had been the whistleblower, basically telling the student paper what he had told the investigators, I knew as soon as that came out that it, he, Pat Fitzgerald was in real trouble because um, you know those kinds of accusations, those things tend to mushroom. Uh, you obviously had more players weighing in. Uh, certainly there were some who were very supportive of Pat Fitzgerald, but I think the preponderance of evidence suggests that a lot of this stuff did go on, which is what the law firm who it was paid to investigate this said. They said that there was a lot of evidence to this. So um, when you sort of looked at that and you say, well, how does a, a two-week suspension make sense? Right. Uh, it just looked to me like there was going to be this it was going to be a situation that they couldn't get out of without firing the coach. 
Yeah, and that's one of the things about it. Again, the suspension was almost comical because you're doing it in July as opposed to maybe uh, suspending them for a regular season game, even the first game, which wouldn't be a Big Ten opponent. So when you look at Northwestern and how they've handled it, I, I kind of blame the administration and maybe athletic, athletic director Derek Gregg as well, or Gregg, for what he did or didn't do. How do you think Northwestern has handled this overall with, again, the suspension at first and only after the article came out from the Daily Northwestern did they take further action? Well, what I suspect happened, to be honest with you, and I don't know this for sure, this is just some informed speculation on my part, is that when this investigation came in, obviously the school president knew there was a big problem, but for one, he's not a big sports guy, he's not an athletics guy, and two, there's a couple boosters there, including a guy named Pat Ryan, who uh, has invested millions upon millions of dollars in in Northwestern sports. His name is going to be on the field when they... Uh, rebuild their stadium. It's going to be Ryan Field. Uh, they put a lot of money into this thing, and let's just let's face it: when this kind of thing happens at any program, and you've got a disciplinary issue with the coach, uh, you are facing a lot of political pressure. I mean, that was the same thing at West Virginia with Huggins. Not not the second time, but the first time with the radio comments. Uh, you better believe that a lot of the people who uh, pay a lot of money for that program to operate whether it's you know facilities or nil or whatever they're going to make their opinion known and patrick Sherald had a lot of loyalists within that booster group uh, of the high high dollar people and i feel pretty confident in saying that uh, they didn't want him to be fired so that to me is a very logical explanation mm-hmm. for how they came up with two weeks and then all of a sudden it, it goes public they maybe hoped or didn't expect that the details were going to come out when they did they were backed into a corner. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense the way you described it. And we know the head coach is going to be the fall guy in these situations. But the whole assistant, the whole assistant coaching staff was retained. I have a hard time believing that nobody, as far as anybody but Pat Fitzgerald, knew anything about it and didn't do anything. So are you at all surprised that nobody else was terminated? They're in a difficult situation. You're, you're coming up literally on, on the – start of training camp in you know a couple weeks if you get rid of the entire football staff you're not going to have a season like you're not going to be able to go hire a bunch of new coaches two weeks before training camp starts it's not uh, logical it's it's not feasible uh, so look i think the school is having to balance a lot of things and one of the things they have to balance is the players that are there uh they they feel like they deserve to have a season and deserve to have a chance to uh, play the games and and at least have a chance to win and they feel like they can't do that if they just gut the entire staff and i totally understand that we saw a similar thing at baylor uh when our Bryles was fired so look i'm not saying right wrong and different i'm just saying the reality of the situation is that's how they have to handle things or else they pretty much have to just suspend the entire football program Right, right, and that makes sense as well. We're talking college football with Dan Wolken from USA Today Sports here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Do you get the sense that this is something that has been going on more frequently at colleges as far as hazing? I thought, you you heard stories about that 30, 40 years ago. I was a little surprised that it still goes on, thinking that a lot of people would know about it today's times if it was going on. Do you think other universities have this going on? I think probably to some extent it does go on at a variety of schools, maybe not to that extent. And look, I think the the big issue in what happened at Northwestern is the sexualization of 
the hazing. And, you know, when you're talking about, you know, naked guys, uh, you know, quarterback center exchanges and stuff going on in the showers, I, you know, I'm sorry. You just can't do that in 2023. Not, not able to uh, – nobody should be able to do that. Uh, right. It's wrong, you know. And so, you know, maybe it's not to that extent. But uh, certainly there's types, various types of hazing uh, that, that have, have happened that probably still go on. But, look, if you're a coach at this point and you see what happened to Pat Fitzgerald, I think it's something you better get control of in your locker room as soon as you can. Right. Do you think he'll coach anywhere anytime soon, Pat Fitzgerald? Maybe the NFL, yeah. I mean, I think you know he was always a guy who the NFL was looking at uh, as a potential um, – you know, head coaching prospect. And I'm not sure that he would maybe be in that mix now, but when you talk about getting an assistant job or just you know, being a observer or you know, whatever it is, I think he could get into an NFL uh, system, an NFL organization, and plant the seeds of a, of a different kind of career if that's what he wants to do. And frankly, that may be better at this stage of the game. I mean, look, the results at Northwestern have been pretty poor the last couple of years, and right. Fitzgerald's a really old school type of guy, and uh, you know maybe he doesn't fit the college game anymore. But it, it'll be interesting to see. I think certainly there are going to be people interested at at the NFL and college level, probably. But uh, the NFL may be a better bet for him. On the other uh, end of this college football program, with this news coming out just earlier this morning, is Tennessee football, which gets fined $8 million, probably pocket change for an SEC school, by the Division One Committee on Infraction. Jeremy Pruitt, the former coach, gets that six-year show caused. No bowl ban, and I'm glad the NCAA is not punishing innocent players and coaches from a regime that didn't have anything to do with this. But over 200 violations, that's almost hard to comprehend. Yeah. Um, look, I, this is one of those classic situations where Tennessee was trying to dig up dirt on their own program to fire Jeremy Pruitt and get out of a bad contract for a coach who was losing. Uh, and they end up, you know, they didn't pay him the full amount of his contract, but they had to pay a lot of it. And they still had to go through all this stuff. And goodness knows how much money they ended up paying the lawyers. Um, and I, the penalties are not debilitating, and, and they probably shouldn't be at this point. Uh, you're talking about now, you know, a few years ago and people are gone and, you know, the amounts of money relative to what is going on in NIL is pretty small. Um, but a lot of violations, certainly uh, Jeremy Pruitt's, you know, college head coaching career is, is certainly over. Um, and uh, he's probably not going to have a lot of opportunity to be an assistant anytime soon either. Yeah, really ugly situation. But, again, I'm glad they don't have the bowl ban, which they've done for college basketball and football in other years as far as punishing innocent victims. Dan, I, I wish we had more time because there's so much to cover in college football, but the big news this week, Northwestern and, of course, uh, Tennessee today. Uh, we'll keep in touch and hopefully talk again before the college football season does start in less than two months. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, thank you so much. Dan Wolken from USA Today Sports. He's a national columnist talking college football on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Go to alohakia.com. All right, and uh, good stuff right there. Coming up, more on University of Hawaii football and kind of uh, what nas the national people are thinking of our program. Well, let's check out when um, Allison Corpus uh, checking out the Dana Open. It's in uh, it's a par seventy one course. 
$1.75 million in total purse. It's in Highland Meadows something. Oh, no, that's the name of the golf place. Sylvania, Ohio. Yes. I've passed through there a few times on my travels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, really? <laughs> so that, that sounds like something somebody would say. I passed through there. There's a great restaurant called. Uh, they, we've got some movement, some um, uh, p- players underway. Annie Park, an American, now leads with uh, is 11 under. And uh, Jaravi Boonchant, 9 under. And Allison Corpuz has uh, not teed off yet today. She is still 8 under. She's in a tie for third place. So we'll keep you updated. I'm not sure. she. I don't know when she's going to be teeing off today, but I'll find out. All right. Uh, let's check your traffic. We'll be right back on this Aloha Friday on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy National Nude Day. Yeah, it's nude, uh, naked day. It's oh, a day to be nude. How do we, you celebrate, celebrate that? Well, um, you know, if you're you you don't have you don't well, it's a good look. Look, <laughs> we look forward to National Nude Day because you don't have to do laundry, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> I want to hear that laundry. answer from you. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's. It, you look for ways to keep busy on national hang out at the house hang out the house nude and by the way no coincidence today is also national tape measure day so that gives you something to do on national nude day right there let's all go out and celebrate oh national college football news is a uh, 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 pretty good publication and we were talking about uh, their thoughts on the university of hawaii football team now they're, they're uh, coming up this year. Now, they're a little outdated because uh, they say we play in a 9,000-seat athletic complex at Aloha Stadium. But they do say some great things about the heart of Hawaii players and what coaches have to deal with as far as getting top talent to come to Hawaii. They say it's, uh, you know, few and far between. We've got some good players. It's just, we don't again, we just don't have enough of them yet. When you they kind of preview the offense here for the University of Hawaii, and they you know they're saying we you know we want to because Timmy Chang is the coach we want to wing it around the yard as much as possible. They say the running game worked last year. The line is going uh, undergoing an overhaul again. Now we didn't go through an over under uh, an overhaul last year, did we? No, we had a lot of returning players right. from the years before. Yes. Yeah, but anyway, uh, they do give a shout-out to Eliki Tanuvasa. Um, also, a Houston transfer, Josh Atkins, will play a big role. Do you know who that is? Josh no, I Atkins. don't. I, I might have seen his name when they announced him as a player in the portal. but Right. See, because there's local people, I believe, in all of these magazines, the writers, they'll contribute information to these mainland guys. They have no idea to know a lot of this stuff, but that's a keep an eye you know, keep an eye out for Josh Atkins. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but 
hey, you want to win the ball? They say you want to win games? Get the ball to Tylen Hines. Yes. Seven yards per carry. 634 yards. Also, uh, uh, the running game. Najee Brian Lele. Yes. He's a, he's a pounder. He should be in that rotation. Hawaii's going to throw the ball. They say Braden Shager has to be sharper. 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions last year. They do uh, mention Joey Yellen is a, vet, a veteran backup, but uh, he does have to get sharper. I believe he will. They were trying all different kinds of things and adjusting on the fly last year. I think we'll be fine. All right, I'll tell you what, top things you need to know. Coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Happy Aloha Friday. It's going to be sunny and hot this weekend, so drink lots of water on National Nude Day. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it's also National Mac and Cheese Day. Oh. Eating mac and cheese naked. That's a weekend right there. It's a dream come true for many. <laughs> it is. All right, here's the top things you need to know. Uh, Allison Corpus, fresh off her U.S. Open win, is at it again. She's in contention uh, after the first day at the Dana Open in Sylvania, Ohio. Uh, she is uh, three shots back. She's eight under. Uh, Annie Park leads the the, 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 the the tournament right now at 11 under. And it's cool because what do you get when you uh, win the U.S. Open? Well, instantly a number six world ranking, and you get to, you get paired up with uh, Lydia Ko and Minji Lee. Pretty good company. Oh yes. Now last week she won two million dollars. If she were to win this tournament, we know the whole purse is less than two million. What it is one point seven five. Yeah, so that's kind of ironic. But I did see something interesting, Chris. Maybe you would know more. But she made a comment last Sunday after winning the U.S. Open, uh, or it was mentioned in the article that I've read that she's still hoping for a spot on the Solheim Cup team which will be mm-hmm. taking place, I believe, in September. So I, you, you, I don't know. It's like the yeah. Ryder Cup for women, right? Right, right, right. right I so, think. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I, yeah. I'll Google it. I mean, well, I'm, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't been following it that closely. Well, I, I, but now I, we have a reason to, right? Yeah, and it takes place September 22nd to the 24th. Um, in I'm not sure exactly where this year, uh, alternate between Europe and U.S., but that's one of her goals. That's one of the things she's also playing for as well. So as you mentioned a little earlier, like even these top five finishers, even if she doesn't win by having a high ranking like six right now, if she's able to maintain that, that would increase her chances of making that team. Well, yeah, I mean, if she's, yeah, I, I, I don't know who the captain is because I guess when you're picking uh, for these teams, you want certain types of golfers, like this person's mm. good at this, this person's good at this. What we hear about Allison is that she's just a steady, strong. It's like she's Tim Duncan. She's the the fundamentals. She does very, very well. So hey, we'll see. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, give us an update. Uh, NBA Las Vegas Summer League is coming to a close soon, but 
Kamaka Hepa got some action yesterday, huh? Yeah, he didn't play on Tuesday, but yesterday, first player off the bench. He got 10 minutes in the win over Charlotte. Did not attempt a field goal again, so out of the two of the four games he's played, he has not shot, but he got his first two rebounds in the Summer League, also picked up a steal, and he was a plus eight on the court, and he had a tie for the highest plus-minus rating of anybody on the team. On two on Sunday, he led the team with a plus nine, so he's got some positives there. He's not hurting the team, not sure if he's done enough to make a roster spot with them, but hopefully showing something to some scout somewhere where he can get paid to play next year. He does have a playoff game on Sunday. That schedule will be determined by today and tomorrow's games. All right. The American Volleyball Coaches Association, we also know it as the AVCA, has announced its team academic awards and the Rainbow Wahine indoor and beach volleyball teams uh, both got recognition for the third straight year. Congratulations, uh, Coach Robin Amo and your teams. Uh, get this. the Let's see, the um, the beach volleyball team, the Beach Bows, their GPA average is 3.62. How's that? Is that isn't that a B plus? It, That's like a B, a B plus average. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's almost as good as Tanner Hayworth is doing at <laughs> UH. Now, the, gotta, uh, indoor, the indoor volleyball team, and we know they're they're brainiacs because when we talk to Amber Igedi, she's always on her way to class. They got a three point five four GPA, so that's a B plus too, right? It has to be, and that's what you and I would get in four years combined for the GPA mm-hmm. to add to three point five or six. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, three point five four. That's my three point shooting percentage. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, Rainbow Washington. Yes. I believe a couple of teams from uh, our Pac West. Uh, 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 Hawaii Hilo and Chaminade also got some recognition, so congratulations to you guys. It's six minutes after the hour. We're talking about Rainbow Warrior football as we get ready for the season here uh, coming up. How many days away are we? Oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. I'm going to check the um, – I'm going to go to ESPNHonolulu.com, and I'm going to check the Hawaii USA countdown to kickoff. It reads 42 days – 20 hours, 23 minutes, and 4 seconds till Hawaii takes on Vandy Six on the weeks. road. Six weeks away. That's incredible. And camp will open up on the 26th, uh, two weeks from now. So, yeah, we got football right on the horizon. And, of course, that's week zero for the Vanderbilt game. There's about seven or eight other games that day. I know San Jose State is one of the other Mountain West teams playing. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be here before you know it. Wow. While I'm at our website, sidebar for a second. Let's all gather here on the side for a second. While I'm here, I see that there's an article uh, titled, From Backup to Standout, How a Punahou Linebacker Changed His Life with One Season. It's an article by Annalise Gumbach. Hey, check that out. Looks kind of interesting. Some great photos. And there's also our Difference Maker video series i don't know if you've seen any of those they're about inspiring people in hawaii athletics and jenna sniffin is the uh is uh the subject of our latest difference maker series anyway guys check it out at espnhonolulu.com if you haven't yet it's pretty cool stuff all right getting back to uh rainbow warrior football let's talk about defense a little bit The defensive line, they say in college football news, isn't totally starting over. Our guy, 
who's almost a friend of the show. Can we get Matt Chan to get us a Jonah Kahahawai Welch on the show? Is he I a St. Louis guy, Tanner? Okay. I believe he'll be in Las Vegas for I, media days, I believe, next week as well, but we'll definitely look that up. Okay, so he's a nice kid. He is a, ah, they say decent veteran hybrid on the outside. But they say, here come the new guys. Juco transfer Daniel Williams needs to be an anchor right out of the box. Cal transfer Patrick Hisataki has the tools to be a pass rusher on the outside. Washington transfer Kuao Pehopa might be the team's best lineman after a few weeks. No matter what, and here's the catch. Here's Remember this? This was a problem last year. The run defense has to be stronger. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. We had a Swiss cheese defense last year, didn't we? We kind of did it at, at a lot too many times. And the last two players you mentioned, Jackson Moore from 24-7 Sports, on with us Tuesday mentioned those players that maybe impact transfers. Wow. Hawaii. So hopefully why, is Patrick, why is Patrick Hisataki sound familiar? Because his brother, play, it was his brother who played Ray. for us seven, oh, eight Ray. years ago. Ray, that's yeah, right. Okay. Right. Okay, here's what they say. I hope that the Taylor family is listening. It says, Logan Taylor is a tough guy's tough guy linebacker. Huh? Definitely. He's a tough guy's tough guy. They say he bulked up to 215 pounds. I wish I could bulk down <laughs> to 215 pounds. Me too. He hits everything with a team-high 85 stops. He hits everything. Uh, Isaiah Tufunga. Should be pretty good uh, in the middle, they say. And he was the one who got hurt when Logan Taylor came in to replace him last year, right? So that's how we got to look at Logan Taylor the way we did. So having both guys back mm-hmm. there this year should be pretty good. Now they Luke say Pavichi, that Hawaii though. got uh, picked clean. This is this is how they, this is a, this is a cool football term. They got picked clean a bit too often last year. Talking about the secondary, they got picked too clean. They got picked apart. And he says safety. Uh, they'll be better this year. Peter Manuma. Was this was one of the season's bright spots? Seventy tackles, a couple of picks, two forced fumbles. And he's a true freshman. He'll be an All Mountain West playmaker at one spot, helped by JUCO transfer Justin Sinclair. And uh, here it comes again. The biggest get though, Cam Stone from Wyoming. Nobody can talk about the University of Hawaii teams as far as previewing the season without getting Cam Stone. There's so much hype on him. I'm worried. Well, well, the thing about him is just it's not he's not a new he's a new player for Hawaii, but he's not a high school guy. He's not a JC guy, and he already played in the Mountain West, so you can see what he's already done against Mountain West competition. The yeah. transition hopefully should be pretty smooth, considering all that, as opposed he, to some other new player. Right at Wyoming, he wasn't a huge star, but there were but he was so, he was like a, you know kind of a you know a, a guy that didn't stand out until i guess towards the end of the season and they saw some of the things he was doing i'm vaguely remembering something like that so i think that's why everyone's going hey this you know he's no um he's no cameron lockridge but cam stone still one of the top 20 players in the mountain west conference and when you talk about Cameron Lockridge, who was at Fresno, and people, some people have him as you know the best defensive back in the league. Yeah, I mean he was good for Hawaii, but I don't. I, don't, he, I mean, and give him credit for what he did at Fresno State last year. But when he was playing for us, I don't remember him as like an all Mountain West type player. 
Not that he wasn't good. I don't know if he was that good. So give him credit. He's improved and he's showing yeah. how good he can be. But if Cam Stone can come in and do what the perception might be or the hype and do what he did at Wyoming, I think we're kind of in good shape back there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find a text. and Okay, here it is. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, this was texted uh, just before 7 o'clock. I hope you're still listening. It says, you said that last year's Hawaii football team's wide receivers underperformed. Well, I was just reading what College Football News was saying, but yes. It says, I agree with that assessment 100%. Yet it seems as though the focus on recruiting was on defense. Did we add any new talent or depth at the receiver position? I'm sure they did. I don't know how many, and I think the good thing about what is returning for Hawaii, whatever players they they got back in the program for those for the receiver position, is that they get a chance to maybe develop and learn. And maybe if they're a freshman or a JC guy, they can take a year and do that. There's no sense of urgency for them to be impact players this year because we do have a lot coming back. I mean, we named about four players that could easily start from last year's team, whether it's Pinoke, uh, whether we got uh, – um, remember the names right now what's the, the tall guy who came in the middle of the year tanner and i'm forgetting yeah cynicals we got cynical coming back chuki hines is back you have some talented now we lost dr scott who had okay games but he had some games where he unfortunately didn't do a lot and not all of it was on the receivers some on the quarterback but that i don't think that was the biggest area of weakness for Hawaii as far as replacing players because you did have that much coming back. For the running back position, you got Hines and Lalay coming back. So those are two good players there. You got some offensive linemen that you signed, and basically every, almost everybody who's going to start this year has started before or at least been in the rotation in the last year or so. So you're not totally bare there. The defensive players, I think you need more there, even though you got to get Logan Taylor and Tufanga at the linebacker spot. That unit – I think should be stronger with those two guys. And if I'm, if my memory's correct, in the last several years, the strength on defense going into a season might have been the defensive backs. Because we had guys like Cam Lockridge and a, a few others that were really good. A couple of them transferred out. So to have some good linebackers, I think the defensive line is more the question mark. And as Chris says, often the depth in that area as well. But on offense, I don't think you had the need, except for the offensive line as far as replacing players right away, because of the uh, receivers and also the running backs that are returning. Our texter texts back, so he's still listening. Thank you. says, Gary had a hard time remembering the names of wide receivers. That says it all. (laughs) I I, I couldn't remember (laughs) Cynical for some reason. I'm sorry. No, no, no. He's not saying it's not a cut on you. It's saying, hey, who are our wide receivers returning? Uh, But when in doubt, just ask Tanner Hayworth. Yes. Anyway. The um, the offensively, we'll see what we have. So when we have to when, take away the personnel, take away receivers and running backs and all of that, the bottom line is, I mean, it's kind of even stupid to say, the bottom line is to score more points on offense and give up less on defense. That, because what do we score, 24 points a game, something like that? I think it was a little less than that. Whatever it was, it was for college football. It was very low. Yes. For a, a Mountain West Conference football, it was even lower. And so I, we need to score points. We need, and I haven't seen it. Um, we need Braden Shager to not to throw for three thousand yards at least. He only had like twenty four hundred yards, and part of that was because our running game was so good. But twenty four hundred yards for a college football season. Now 
granted, he didn't start every game, remember? Not every game. It was game, Joey no. Yellen in the beginning. Remember it was Joey Yelling in the beginning? Yelling. Yellen in the beginning. And then it was we had like a little bit of a uh, controversy going on. And then Shager took over. And I mean, everything was just it was it was just uh, kind of messing around with things last year offensively. So Braden Shager needs to throw for more than twenty four hundred yards and a better touchdown to interception ratio than thirteen to ten. Thirteen touchdowns, even though he didn't start everything. Yeah, but 13, 13 touchdowns isn't going to get it in this offense. Granted, no, we played the run and shoot the whole season, but 13 touchdowns, it, it, look, I mean, Colt Brennan threw 50. Timmy Chang threw probably 40-something a season. Now, June Jones isn't here, and the run and shoot offense has kind of changed over the years. Everyone has their own kind of, um, you know, wrinkles that they put in it. But Shagan's got to be better. I think he's going to be. I think this is a positive. When I talk about Braden Shager, I think it should be a positive conversation right now because, look, he has the tools. He has the size. He has the arm. I think he has the brain. I think we're fine with Shager, but he's got to do better. He's got to show it. I think Brian Moniz even had 5,000 yards one year as well. For for Shager, one of the things we've heard all offseason is how he gained weight. He bulked up. He got stronger. So his arm should be stronger. I, I still – I'm curious to see how much that transitions or translates into better numbers, as you said. But, yeah, he's got to have better numbers. But I, I think a year with this coaching regime is almost automatic with any program. It's, it's, it's got to be one of the more difficult things in sports to have a coaching change in college, especially with what Hawaii – no excuses, but – a lot of coaches are first-year coaches every year. There's 20 or 30 every year in FPS. But to go through 53 new players, and again, not an excuse, but it's the reality, that's got to be really tough for everything to click in even a year. It's going to take a while, as you said, and it will. So if they can just make progress every year and then be hopefully at least a bowl team and a contender for a Mountain West title, I think we're doing really good. And I like the players that he's gotten. I think the returning players are good enough to show improvement and the fact that he's keeping some of the best players home not mm. only for this year but for 2024 and june jones said it to us and even i think it might have been uh adam brenneman talked to us about it the former umass and penn state tight end you mm. got to keep local players home you got to keep the best local players home we hear that but timmy's starting to do that we've seen the verbal commits for 24 already that wasn't the case for a long long time here to have that yeah, we're we're keeping better players home. The best are still going to go away, and the best, I think, in most cases, will go away. This isn't the OIA back in 1987, where the best players stayed home. It's a different mindset. I mean, Michael Lafaele is a uh, you know he bleeds green, and his son chose to go to Wisconsin. So those guys, I'm you know, we hope they go away. We also hope they get homesick, and then they come back. <laughs> you know what? Go tell your friends you're going to Wisconsin. That's good for you. Then when you don't like it, I'm here. Like Journey, we're here with open arms. <laughs> come on. We, we, we don't want to go you. our separate ways. We, we went our separate ways, but faithfully, we're here with open arms. Don't stop believing, Chris. No, I don't. We just we're all about loving and touching and squeezing. 
20 minutes after the hour, we have a very special guest. I'm not even going to say who it is. Coming up next, it's a surprise. That's next on ESPN Honolulu. I said there was going to be a surprise guest, and, uh, well, this goes to show you, anytime Chris Hart talks, take it with a grain of salt, our, our, our uh, Kalei Harrison is going to join us, but not till next hour. So uh, he's now a Pittsburgh Pirate. I want to get Kenny Harrison on the air and uh, ask Kenny about his opinion on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Perhaps it's changed. That's kind of an inside joke, but... Uh, um, what do you mean? I, I don't want to say it. I don't want to yeah, jeopardize seen. anything for the sun. <laughs> all right having a good time today it's going to be mostly sunny this weekend good golf weather good beach weather it's going to be hot drink lots of water high near 90 which means it'll probably be 92 in some areas uh lows in the mid 70s today right now trades are 10 to 15 uh looking outside here in the 96701 it looked like trades are just non-existent Woo! extra deodorant this weekend please where are we now we're talking about University of Hawaii football, and uh, the Zephyr Insurance text line is uh, wide open for you at 808-296-1420. Why, Gary? This is not our show. This is your show. It's all about you. It really That's what, uh, that's what talk show hosts say. Yes. Uh, somebody texts in. Thank you very much for listening. It says, uh, does Shager... Have an, hey, can we get Shager and Kahavai Welch on the show, please? Okay. I can you call have... Matt Chan? Yes. Just because Timmy's on vacation doesn't mean Chan should be on vacation. <laughs> Goes hand in hand, I, know I if, thought. Is, I don't know if it's, it's – anyway. says, does Shager have an NIL deal? Oh, you bet you he's got an NIL deal. I don't know any of the details. But, uh, yes, the quarterback for the only Division One college football team – Probably has a couple of NIL deals. He does have his own website where he's selling merchandise. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not sure if that's NIL-related, but it might be along the same lines, something you'd have well, seen see five years ago. Honestly, something I would have, you know, you would see from maybe Timmy Chang, Colt Brennan, Bryant Moniz, or even Michael Carter. I'm not sure, and this is no slight, but I'm not sure that Braden Shager is worthy of his own logo items yet isn't he well if you're the quarterback of a division one program an fps program the only one in the state i mean i don't know how much business it's doing and you can go to his twitter page to get the link at Braden shaker but actually the logo is pretty cool the bs logo is actually pretty well designed i thought yeah. but they got shirts and hats and other things on there now again i, I don't know how that relates to nil but um, as far as that question, I'm, I, you said I'm sure he has some kind of NIL deal, and that well, might be somewhere where he can profit as well. He's profiting from name, image, and likeness. Yeah. That's an, and I, that's what NIL is. So everybody just Google uh, Braden Shager. Let's support the kid, huh? But you know what's interesting? I, I, I'd get a shirt if they had the big boy size. 
I need the Iliki Tanuvasa size. Do they have that there at the website? I'm not sure. I'll check. But you know what's interesting about that is that name, image, and likeness is exactly what he's selling, basically, with the website and the memorabilia or the shirts, shorts, and hats and everything. But NIL, that's what I thought NILs were when it first started. You would make money off your autograph, your picture. Not where you would just sign a deal to go to a school and somebody would just give you money for basically putting your name with some product, which is yeah. what it turns into. Turned into. Yeah, because because the grown-ups got involved. <laughs> That's what happened. Greedy people got involved. Yeah. All right, here's another one on Braden Shager. Uh, Shager needs touch on his ball. He's strong and accurate, but his balls were often thrown with too much heat. All of the UHQBs of note had touch on their ball. Colt, Timmy, Bryant, to name a few. Yes, I, and I, I wouldn't put Shager in that category, of course, yet. But I also think there were certain games or plays last year where he actually didn't put enough on the ball. They would just hang up there. And I think some of those 10 interceptions, not all of them, because a couple were deflected passes, I remember, but some of them, even the incompletions, were where the ball just hung up there a little bit too long. And maybe when you're throwing from right to left, you need a little bit more zip on it. What do you mean, when he's throwing across his body? Yeah, yeah. There were some times when he would – I just remember that too often where the ball – I know Cole McDonald had that problem at times as well, where the ball would just seem to hang up there when you're doing it, throwing it across your body. Okay, here. Somebody needs to help Braden Shager with his website because if you Google Braden Shager, uh, you have to scroll way, way down to find it. So Braden needs to put more video – uh, and stuff on his website, so it pops up. So can somebody uh, reach out to Braden, who knows how to do that thing? What do you mean you have to scroll you know? down? Well, it's just not one of the first ones that pop up. Oh, for me it is. It's not one of the first websites that pop up. Uh, the first when you just Google. You oh, Google, when you Google, okay. And I, I'm I'm not pl- I'm talking about on a computer, not a toy that you have. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> just saying, but it, it's a very nice looking website. He's got his own newsletter. Yes. You know, uh, and if you're, oh, look, when you press newsletter, it, he has this little ad that says, interested in working with me? Yes. I'm looking for partnerships and might be interested in working with you. Fill out this form so we can connect. Huh? That's a smart kid. That's yeah. a smart kid right there. I'm not crazy about your logo, though, Mr. Shager, but that's okay. Can you imagine if NILs were around when Colt Brennan was here in 06 and 07? Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? Wow. That would, I, I mean, can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Better late than never. For, these you know, guys but, are just born too soon. Yeah, but that, and, he would have been raking in the dollars. Okay, if you, go to Bra- if you go to Braden, uh, excuse me, it's called thebradenshager.com. So I'm guessing BradenShager.com was taken by somebody. Anyway, so uh, there's the Shager Bomb Collection from which you can choose from. Uh, um, You can get um, the long sleeve, short sleeve. You can get the Braden Shager Bomb sweatshirt. They've got the hoodie. Or maybe you just want the straight logo. You want that clean logo look on a black shirt. Looks good. They'll range from T-shirts to uh, hoodies. They range from $30 to $60. Or the clean white shirt. Again, $30 to $60. And then they've got a lifestyle section. You can get the Braden Shager logo shorts or sweatpants. 
or headwear. They've got beanies and hats. you got it all at thebradenshager.com. I tell you what, if young Braden Shager, you know, Braden Shager, I'm looking at a picture of him. Please, remove the hair out of your eyes. You'll complete more passes. <laughs> all last year, I remember that. He's then he got the haircut full... and you were happy last year. Remember? I know, but he's blessed with a full head of hair. Yet to move... Anyway, I'm sorry. You're jealous. It's 732 with the Sports Animals. We'll start doing our radio show. I think we're warmed up. We'll kick off the radio show coming up next. This is ESPN Honolulu. And uh, we want to remind you about uh, great things going on at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack in IAEA. Uh, they got a great happy hour going on. They've got the Warrior Platter where you can uh, uh, try and eat this huge amount of food in 30 minutes and uh, make money for charity. Oh, what else? They got the Sandwich Fest going on and Taco Tuesdays. Whether you want catfish or brisket or you want, uh, let's see, uh, pulled pork. They'll stuff about any, just about anything into a tortilla. It's on Tuesdays, Taco Tuesday, at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Kachi Kachi Music Makawao We found this, uh, well, uh, we found this uh, website called stridesportsus.com. That's the, the, the URL. But if you go there, there's some Hawaii football players with their own logo merchandise. So I'm guessing that what this is, is this isn't, um, I'm looking at Peter Manuma's uh, logo wear right now. And this is, this is one of these deals where they, they'll print it up. As you order it, there's no warehouse full of Peter Manuma gear. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything, but um, I'm looking at Peter Manuma. He's got a couple of logos, and one is just, it's like a a, a beanie or a um, cap, like a golf hat or baseball hat. Right. And it's more like a golf hat than looking. It's called a dad hat. (laughs) And his hat, his logo is hashtag Think of a license plate. Hashtag P3T3R for Peter Manuma. I like that one. That sounds pretty I'd, cool, yeah. I'd wear that around town if they so wished me to endorse. <laughs> As if it's going to help the kid. But uh, anyway, so if you go there, you can buy Cam Stone, uh, Peter Manuma, Najee Bryant, Lele, or Jalen Walfall logo, logo items. So, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting if people want to uh, kind of go around there and look, take a peek. The Camstone one with Island I kind of like. You know, remember back, again, we're going back to Colt Brennan, the rules were, and I wonder if they've changed as far, you couldn't buy a University of Hawaii or any school's football jersey with a name on it. Right. You, know, you weren't allowed to do that. I wonder if you can do that now with everything changing in NILs or not really associated with that, but I just wonder if you could buy a jersey from a school. Sure. But I you, mean, they you should. It's legal. Think, Why not? Right, right. I mean, if you're if you're at... Rainbow T is it still called Rainbow Teak? I can't remember. No, the um, H Zone. Oh, H Zone. So if you go to H Zone, and they don't do it, that doesn't make sense. You're losing money. See, even even Cam Stone is smart because you can buy a hoodie with his jersey number on it. It looks like the the UH uh, the UH uniform. 
Mm. Smart kid. Smart guy, this capstone. Yeah. yeah, and he's got his logo is uh, it's like a, a surfboards creating an X. I don't know what that means, but I like the logo. Good job. Me too. I like anyway, that too. Uh, 808-296-1420, the Zephyr Insurance text line. And uh, this text comes in via Tanner Hayworth. It says warrioralaccess.com, folks, if you want to check that out, also has a homepage to NIL links. You mean, Tanner, they know who's giving out the NILs to some of these players? No, I mean, like, in terms of if if you want to buy merch from your favorite player, you could check on Warrior All Access because I know they have an NIL links section where you can see. And there are, like, shirts out there where you can buy, like, with the player's name on the back with their number. It's not, like, an official, like, jersey kind of deal, but Mm -hmm. they have a lot of those up as well. So they help out very much so with a lot of information that a lot of people don't really get. So yeah, shout out Warrior All there. Access there. Yeah, like that site. That's interesting. It's a, okay, so who's, you know, you can go and find it of your favorite player. Do people in Hawaii have a favorite player on the University of Hawaii football team? I would think, and maybe we can do a Twitter poll, or you can vote in it, the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808 296 is that um, I would think that maybe Peter Manuma might be the most popular with local with Hawaii fans. Who's the most popular guy on the field? From Jonah last year's team, from last year's team, I would say either Peter or Logan Taylor to me. Oh, Logan Taylor for or Tylen Hines. Those would be the top. Tylen Hines, Logan Taylor, Peter Manuma. Who's your favorite? A lot of times it's the quarterback, but do we are are is, is are, are folks in love with uh, Braden Shager? Hopefully, uh, check it out. TheBradenShager.com. I'm trying to help Braden sell uh, sell uh, merchandise. When you the go to the Braden home Shager. games, you'll see, the, you'll see the family members wear these kind of shirts fairly often. Those are well, those cool are those are different. They're not wearing. They're not buying them from the website. They're doing. No, no, they're no. making their own. Uh, right. their, their own shirts. Right. But now you fans can purchase them through different sites, and that that wasn't always the case again. So that's kind of cool that this has opened up like that. Yeah. And some of these shirts are nice that I'm looking at from Warrior All Access from the NIL. You know what? Okay, here's some advice to Cam Stone and all of these guys. Cam Stone got it. He's the closest to it because he's got the surfboards. You got to make your logos somehow kind of local, right? By Braden Shaker Mm. just having a B and an S. You you know, have a a grayscale deal in the back with with the Hawaiian Islands or something like that. Or Peter Manuma, incorporate the Hawaiian flag somewhere in there. You know, Chris, I have an idea. Tanner Hayworth, I everybody. think well, what they have to do more is those, you know, the senior shirts you see a lot for local athletes for their senior year? Where the, yes. the graphic is like the entire shirt? Yes. I We need more of those. I can't remember what those are called. Sports Stand sells those. Yeah, but I... You know, Sports Stand, they call it something-something uniforms. I think we just need a lot more of those in circulation, in my opinion. All right. Sports stand, get on it, baby. It's uh, 743. We'll have a traffic update coming up in a moment here on ESPN Honolulu. And uh, it's still early, so Allison Corpuz has not teed off again today. She is three shots back at the Dana Open. Uh, She is eight under. The leader, last time I checked, was at 11 under. Time for some sports shorts. Are you ready? Yes. Richard Sherman, 
is a candidate to replace Shannon Sharp on Undisputed. You know, I've talked more, we have talked more about this show, which I have never seen. I've seen promos for it, but I've never been interested in watching it. Just because it's a poor man's whatever they were doing on ESPN. It's, you know, it's, I've never watched it, but boy, we sure talk about it a lot now. I, I guess because they can't find someone who wants to do the show or that, or that maybe Skip Bayless wants to do the show, that they had to pull the show off the air. It's controversial. I've never seen that happen before. Right. I've never either, but I think it's more controversial that we're talking about it. I mean, I've only watched a few minutes at a time, and I, I didn't like Skip Bayless when he was on ESPN. like him even less when I see some of his tweets, which I don't really like too much. I think he just it's just all an act, um, and a lot of people dislike him, and... Richard Sherman, remember, was on Thursday Night Football, the Amazon product last year. He was on the, the, he was the okay, pre-show. Yeah. So, and he was okay from what I remember as well. There were rumors that Keyshawn Johnson might join them uh, yeah. because the Keyshawn J. Will and Max show has been uh, terminated at ESPN. Oh, I'm so over Keyshawn Johnson. Okay. And I don't. There was one other name that I heard, and I can't remember now, a former football player, I guess, of course. But Skip Bayless, I mean, the, the, the dislike is not – it's with a lot of people. I mean, at the ESPYs the other night, Pat McAfee was taking shots at him. Charles Barkley did it during the golf match a couple of weeks ago as well, putting him down. He, I, I don't want to say that nobody would want to join the show because he'd probably get a lot of money. But the fact that he has so much control over who is on with him. and Is I that the holdup? Well, I don't know. That's, that's got to be part of it from what I've read. Well, him and he, he, It's I mean, all based on him and what he wants and doesn't want. Wow, he he must test well. In other words, yeah. when they, you know, when they're when they're doing their focus groups and stuff like that, he must test you know really well with people, or it's just that everyone hates him, so you can't turn away. That I think is the bigger part. Just kind of like Howard Stern back in the day, he invited Charles Barkley to be his co-host, saying something that he would love to walk all over him and right. And but see, I think Charles usually, Barkley would destroy him. Usually, except for Howard Stern, usually shock jocks don't last. Usually. Now, there's man, a, a DJ named Man Cow. I think he got into some federal trouble. I don't even know if he's in, in or out of prison right now. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard the man, of the Man Cow. I think he was in San Francisco. No. And there's a, shock jocks never really last that long. So, uh, you know, you can only be so, shocking so often when it gets old. I think that's the problem with uh, Skip Bayless. But I, from what I understand, uh, Richard Sherman is kind of like a uh, on a personal level a skip bayless hater i think they got into something like 10 years ago wow. i'm not sure richard sherman was on first take and because uh skip bayless was criticizing him a lot on first take uh-huh. and richard sherman it's a very funny clip you go ahead and uh-huh. look it up uh, okay. where he just goes straight up he says i'm better at life than you skip that's right that's where <laughs> i'm just better at life well, he said that obviously before he got caught for drunk driving, trying to bust down his in-laws' uh, uh, front door. But uh, you I know. still say he's better at life. <laughs> I would agree with that too. Yeah, I just I, I I wouldn't even pay any attention to Skip Bayless if I can help it. And you know, when he's well, one of the few people. It certainly who, seems like we are, though, aren't we? Well, right now we are, but I think that'll that'll drop pretty soon. And he's one of the few guys who doesn't even follow anybody on Twitter, so he just has his own tweets. Never looks at responses or anything. And maybe he's having the last laugh. But the fact that I think it's an act, and there's no way he can put down LeBron James as much as he has and be serious about it and praise Tim Tebow as I. I mean, I forget the description, yeah. but basically a great quarterback. Yeah, he's a, he's 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 
He's just a big goon. He wants Clemson. Is what he is. I mean, he's a guy that talks negative about Kevin Durant and Tim Duncan and Greg Popovich. I mean, who would? Reminds me what of somebody. Idiot would you? Hey, we'll check your traffic and be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, join us, won't you? Chris Hart, Gary Dickman, Tanner Hayworth, our friends Chad Owens, Coach Bud, Charlie Wade, and more joining us at Growler Hawaii. It's going to be one big party. We invite you to come on down 5 to 7 Wednesday, Growler Hawaii. Be there from ESPN Honolulu. Talking a lot of UH football gets us in the mood for football, which is, again, not that far away. But I've been seeing a lot of people commenting about one part of Hawaii football that I think should be addressed, where they're talking about the stadium. I mean, that is not, it's going to be an ongoing topic until which a new stadium? one. Well, both. The oh. proposed new one that could open up in 7, 8, 10, 12 years, or T.C. <laughs> Chang Field. And people, there are some people who are criticizing the Hawaii football teams, not only really the team, but the program, in that you don't really need a new stadium because you can't even fill up T.C. Ching. And that's something I know I inquired several times last year about. Basically, every game was sold out. When people have looked at the attendance at the games and the people that showed up, it wasn't always 100% full. No stadium ever is. But the games were sold out. There might have been a few tickets that were returned and maybe put on sale the day of the game. Something like that happened. Or, the, or you know what? And that's why maybe you got to urge. You know what? If it, if you're, um, if you're not going to go to the game, give your tickets to somebody. Somebody else would enjoy going because we got to. I mean, we got. I mean, we got to. We got to rock that house. That's the home field advantage. Right. And you can take. You know, even though it's a smaller venue, you can make. You can make it your advantage. You can make it that kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And for people to think, well, it's such a bad program, you can't even sell out nine thousand. Why do you need a twenty-five thousand seat stadium or fifteen or seventeen on campus? Well, but NCAA, they regulations. Sold out. Well, that's NCAA one regulations. NCAA regulations. Well. But it, it doesn't. NCAA doesn't care. I don't think they care. Do they care? They actually. They know. They say you got to have not just the seats, but you got to have the attendance too, right? I you got believe have 15, it's fifteen thousand in attendance. It might be or sold. ticket sold. Sorry, ticket yeah. sold. Because you what... go to Rice, there would be nobody there. I mean, there would basically be two hundred and thirty people there. It'd be like a uh, like a um, like a basketball game at I don't know Florida State or something like that. I mean, there's <laughs> nobody there. Right. San Jose State used to have that problem. I'm not sure what their crowds were like in the last year or so, but they used to have less than fifteen thousand very right. often. Yeah, that's right. But they had the tickets sold. Yes, yes. There's a ways around it. I mean, maybe you sell them for a dollar to some people or what. Anyway, but for UH, again, for people that have been negative, saying this program, nobody cares in Hawaii, we have a lot of football fans. Uh, again, with the COVID year, you throw it out because of everything involved there. But they did sell out last year. And 
there was a few people on social media saying, hey, I really want to get tickets. How can I get tickets if anybody has extra? Because I think the anticipation, rightfully so, is that even with 15,300, I believe is what they're expecting this year, it should sell out every game. And you can say, well, if they don't, something's wrong. There, there, there could be other things going on. And, you know, when they were at Aloha Stadium, remember, Chris, the last couple of years, there were crowds that were less than 15,000 at times. Mm. I mean, that's maybe something that people wouldn't expect there, but it was the case there. They do sell out, and I think it's going to be a case where at 15000 maybe even at 25000 it's going to be a ticket that's going to be hard to get. Mm. And they should sell out game in, game out. Uh, 25000 might be asking for too much right now, and it depends on some other factors, but and tailgating is a part of it. So when people say, well, they can't even draw a crowd, we know some fans aren't going because of the lack of tailgating. Right. Well, and there's other things. We, I want to pick this up coming up next. By the way, uh, our team mascot, Uncle Kamamo, Uncle Kamamo, you see here, is texted in his own logo wear. He took masking tape and wrote his name on his shirt. <laughs> So we'll get that up. If we can put that on our Twitter, if folks want to order the Uncle Kamamo logo <laughs> wear. Yeah, he's got he's to get, get your own website. Don't just text me the picture. He's got an come 808 on, number, not come 800. On, unks. Come on, unks. <laughs> Top stories coming up next on this Aloha Friday on ESPN Honolulu. Friday is going awesome. Hope you can get off work a little early today. Make that a, you know, try that. Try that and go home and enjoy National Nude Day. And then remember that it is also National Tape Measure Day, so you have something to do on National Nude Day. It's also National Mac and Cheese Day. There's so many things to look forward to. Life is too short. Tell the boss you're going out to lunch and just make it a long, a, a, a two-and-a-half-day weekend. Chris, uh, excuse me, Chris, I have to go out to lunch. I'll be. I'll see you on Monday. Go ahead. Enjoy it. <laughs> Take off your clothes and enjoy the weekend. Well, then I'd be like you right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's going to be mostly sunny and hot today. Again, shouldn't be that bad because it's National Nude Day. Cool off. Uh, let's see. Where do we go? Oh, during the break, I was wondering, because fantasy football season is coming up, and a big radio station uh, contest we do called Pigskin Picks. And I can't remember who won last year. Me either. Uh, both of these were, uh, it was a clean sweep by somebody at the radio station. I don't remember who it was. It was fixed last year, and we threw it out because there were so many violations that we didn't really declare a winner from what I remember. Oh, uh, from what I remember. I think Tanner agrees with that. No, from what I remember. Not from what I remember. Yeah, from what I remember, it was... Uh, it was somebody who was talking on the radio. Somebody who was I talking remember, right you know, now. You know, I was going to say, oh. I remember someone else on the radio uh, bragging about their regular season victory. That's right. That's where it counts. Over the long <laughs> haul of the season, 18 weeks, Did whatever it was. Did you during the regular season? Yeah. I, I is that had what the, it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I got lucky because I usually don't you even make both. the playoffs in fantasy football. But uh, speaking of fantasy football, I need some of these guys to actually sign their contracts. You don't know who we're going to take yet, right? Well, one guy is DeAndre Hopkins. I read again that uh, Tennessee is definitely the front runner. We hear the Ravens Ugh. could be in the mix, but Tennessee could be the team for him. And I don't know if you would expect a lot from him necessarily with Tennessee. 
All right, let's get to the top things uh, this hour here on ESPN Honolulu. Allison Corpuz uh, from Kapolei is three shots back at the Dana Open in the LPGA tournament. Uh, three shots back. She's teamed up uh, this morning again with Lydia Ko and Minji Lee. How about that? I, I just give her credit for one angle on this, that I thought maybe you'd have a little bit of an emotional letdown, which might be normal in a situation where you win the U.S. Open on Sunday and four days later after all the hoopla on uh, the media obligation, and look at you are the way you are can, in the first round. I see you see that happen in football in, in some places. You know, you celebrate this huge win. Maybe it's a short turnaround, and you're. You, doesn't happen. It seems like in golf, you know, you go through periods of being hot. We experienced last year a season where Tony Finau was hot for a while, always in contention. And that's where Allison Corpus has been leading up to her win at the U.S. Open and uh, here today. So I don't know if that really – I don't think that really happened. I don't. I could be wrong, but I don't think that happens in golf. I, I don't remember specific, but I do remember at times somebody who's won, let's say, the Masters or the U.S. Open a week later in a non-major. Of course, the other majors are a month away. But in a non-major, they're, sometimes they don't even make the cut or they're not in the top ten. Yeah, but that's not – But I don't know that that is actually – and it's happened from time to time. Or they're really good the next week. So I don't know that that's okay. actually an, emo, uh, an emotional thing. But I, anyway, good luck to Allison Corpus. Yes. Uh, we'll be following along here. Kamaka Hepa got some playing time. He hasn't had much playing time in the summer league for the Pelicans, has he? He's played in two of the four games last night. They only played 10 of the 13 players, so he did get 10 minutes. First guy off the bench. Did not take a shot attempt. Again, hasn't shot in two games that he's played. He did get two rebounds and a steal and was a plus eight on the court. They will play again on Sunday. The playoffs start. It's a quick league. We'll find out uh, who and when after tomorrow's games. Oh, also, uh, congratulations to the Rainbow Wahine uh, Beach Bows and the indoor volleyball team. The Wahine were recognized by the AVCA uh, with uh, academic, um, uh, academic, what do you call it, award, I guess? Yeah. They're, on the, they're like really smart ladies over there. Uh, Beach Bows have a GPA last year, combined GPA of 3.62. Uh, the indoor volleyball team, 3.54. So way to go. Good leadership uh, there at the University of Hawaii um, with Robin Amo. So good job, ladies. Three years in a row now they've been recognized. That's great. Yeah. We look at wins and losses as fans, but the academics are very important, and it's great that they are able to achieve that. She's putting the student into the student athlete. So to speak, yes. I just wanted to throw out a couple of cliches here. Why not? <laughs> All right, folks, thanks for texting in, 808-296-1420. Kalai Harrison, uh, now with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, is scheduled to join us in about 10 minutes. And uh, thank you guys for texting. Uh, We were talking about uh, thebradenshager.com. That's where you can go get your uh, logo items. And um, it says, at least Shager is being active in trying to earn income. I applaud him for that. Oh, we do, too. I think that's why we're plugging the website. Hey, go get your Braden Shager stuff. It's yeah, You know what? And I think that's, see, because it's a whole different generation that these guys are marketing themselves to. For example, I I don't own a hoodie. Oh, oh I, actually, I do. I got it at the Sugar Bowl. I got a Sugar Bowl hoodie. You got a beanie at the Sugar Bowl. I got a beanie, but I lost it. But I see, have a picture. 
<laughs> Do you really? Yeah. I love that picture. I love that beanie. I don't know what happened to my – it was a New Orleans – what was the basketball the, team? Pelic, not, they weren't the Pelicans then. They were the – were they were the Hornets? Hornets. Hornets. Yeah. It was a Hornets beanie. Anyway, I have a beanie, but that I use it, – it stays, you know, put away until I go to cold weather on the mainland. See, but these guys, they're selling beanies and hoodies and stuff like that. In other words – this is not targeted for you and I necessarily, but it's for really younger people. And I think that's something that we kind of overlook when we're looking sure. at, you know, these NILs is these guys are marketing themselves. What was that other website? Stride. Yeah. Sportsus.com. There's some other Hawaii players on there with their logo wear. Uh, we were talking about attendance. Gary was talking about attendance at UH and how, the games are sold out, but the the seats aren't all sold out. It doesn't make sense. The They're seats all aren't all. The Okoles are not in uh, covering all the seats because some people don't go. And then uh, somebody texted in here, Gary, and says, uh, needs to allow hibachi fire in UH parking lot. Can you, know- where would you buy a hibachi nowadays? Hmm. Can you? Does City Mill have hibachis? I know they have grills. It's where I bought my Smokey Joe. But where can you actually get a hibachi? Prime Day is over with on Amazon, right? You missed the opportunity. Yeah, I got deal. I got kind of stupid. I bought, like, all these golf shoes. I'm like Imelda Marcos with golf shoes. <laughs> but what's wrong with that, though? I don't I mean, need that many golf shoes. You only need one pair. How many did you get? Like seven? No, like two. That's not I already bad. have, so it. I've got four total. Oh, somebody said Walmart sells hibachis. Thank you. <laughs> Not the local store, Walmart. <laughs> uh, another texture says, I guess Hawaii needs Bozo Crazies or Cameron Crazies. I think our student section is kind of like the Bozo Crazies, right? They would way, they were a lot closer to that the last two years or year and a half than they ever were at Aloha Stadium. So, yeah, oh, they yeah. made a great atmosphere until it started raining a few times. <laughs> hey, well, you know, hey, you know what? There's only so much you can stand. I mean, we're, you know, we're not the we're not the most diehard fans here. But it was but great. Hey, the app, we're going to show up in force. We're showing up in force that until a, it rains. Yeah, but that I was a it. big, maybe the biggest. But they came from the dorms. You're, yes. you, you can just change. You can go walk back up to your room and change. Stay in the rain. One of the things I also was thinking about, and I've been one of the guys who think, even though we, we hear. We know there's going to be a new stadium at some point, and when they had that PB, well, when they Gary, had that P- Tanner, Gary made it funny. Did you hear that? When they had that, you got P- jokes. The PBS special a month or two ago, and one of the uh, guys in charge were saying it's basically a done deal. We're not building a stadium on campus. That's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. I was saying on the radio after that, and I repeated it, where don't even think about on campus anymore. It's not going to happen. But we have seen things change over the years. Some things that are set in stone aren't. And I'm more of a believer now, just talking about the attendance, I I wish there was a way, and maybe there is, where they can build, let's say, even 20,000 seats on on campus. That's not a lot more, because if they're only going to build 25,000 seats at Halava, the only negative I can see about that is a lack of tailgating. Craig Angelus, the new athletic director, has talked about it. He's exploring some possibilities about having an off-site venue for tailgating. But... I like the atmosphere so much more on campus, and with all the delays that we've had, 
if there's a way to get 20,000 seats, I know the ticket demand will be crazy and some people will be left out, but imagine 20,000 fans or close to it every Saturday on campus where they keep doing some upgrade, like a scoreboard this year. The concessions were pretty good last year, actually. I know some people might have complained it was better than the first year, but if they can work out something with tailgating, I have changed my opinion. I want it on campus now. Even though you got the skyline going to Aloha Stadium and all the talk, enough of that already. Build it on campus and they will come. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've always thought on campus is cool. And, you know, that it just opens up a whole can of worms of why you can't do it. And that's what we kind of hear is why you can't, 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 can't. But, I mean, if you took $300 million and you gave it to UH and said – uh, okay, here, you know what? We're just going to build some affordable housing out here. So you know what? Take $200 million of this and do do whatever you're going to do. Right. I mean, that would, be, that would be pretty cool. There's a way, if you have the money, there's a way that you can do it. I don't care. Only rich people say money doesn't solve everything. Money solved. <laughs> money doesn't make you happy. Well, you know what makes, you know what makes people it happy? Makes me really happy. You know what makes people happy? Not worrying if you're going to pay the electric bill or your or your medications and having to choose. You know, not having to do that, that makes people happy. True. Anyway, I got off on a, a tangent there. But. but for me, at least, I've changed my stance thinking about this. And just, again, the, the atmosphere was good last year. You're so much closer to the action. I would love a brand-new stadium. I mean, you know, uh, you, uh, I was thinking about this because a few weeks ago I think you announced that the Eagles are having their farewell concert tour, and somebody said, be great if we can get them here. Well, you're not getting them here at a 25,000-seat stadium. Bands, right. Big bands are not yeah. going to travel here exactly. with a small stadium. So you're going to eliminate that part anyway. Right. So what you, big I, events I, are you going to get? I was talking to John McNamara, who used to work at UH, and he was saying, "You got to call, you got to talk to these concert promoters and say, hey, Live Nation, what's it going to take to get a concert here? This many seats? You got to do that stuff. Otherwise, you're going to build it, you're going to be stuck, and it's Rainbow Wahine Softball Stadium all over again. Oh, yeah. who, who would have thunk it? We built a stadium where you can't see home plate. Hmm. Right. So I get on campus. I think there are a lot of advantages. And I know the tailgating. We, we, we both know it. So many people have heard the stories. Oh, my but fans it, don't go. If you can work it, out something but off why, campus. But why don't I, – I don't want – I don't think off campus is the way to go. The University of Hawaii has a pretty big campus. Okay. Maybe, you don't, maybe you don't do it on lower campus. I'm. Why don't you do it somewhere else? Andrews Amphitheater is pretty – quick walk right yes and craig Andrew we still, was talking is there about still andrew's amphitheater i haven't heard of it being used since before covid but there were some things there before covid i mean i've seen a couple of concerts there that was a while ago but it's still there right i don't know i saw the romantics like in 1989 i saw bob dylan like there. about you i saw what? bob dylan at the andrew's amphitheater was he able to sing still? How long ago was this? This was in the mid. Could you understand what he was saying? Oh no! Come on, no, oh, okay. not really. So even then, so it was recent. Then. Yeah, it was in the late nineties, I think, or early two thousands. Mm. But I, right. I, I just think again, I, and, the, and I know people bring it up, and they'll bring it up this year. If, you know, some fans that aren't showing up, but if they can work out something that's nearby, I mean, think of it. If you were at the far end of Aloha Stadium, that was a fifteen-minute walk to get in the stadium. So if you're ten, fifteen minutes away on campus, and I think there was a suggestion if you have it on upper campus, maybe you can have a shuttle bus running back and forth to get people to the front door, so to speak, of T.C. Ching. 
I don't know. But uh, RT, thank you for texting in to the Zephyr Insurance text line. Perhaps it's the venue. I gave up my season tickets after 30-plus years because of the current venue. I will pay-per-view until a new stadium is built. So there's a uh, – oh, there you go, Gary. 15000 Enough. Hank, what do you mean? I can't tell if he's being facetious or not. No, I think he's saying. I think he might have been saying we should play on campus, and fifteen thousand is enough to satisfy. I would think maybe twenty. But, but you a, need remember you got to support the other sports. I okay, mean, the other stadiums only twenty five thousand. If you get twenty five thousand at the new stadium in Halava, you would think for the most part students aren't going to show up the way they show up on campus. But they're going to they're going to make it thirty five thousand. No, no, the last couple of times. They no, keep changing the plan. What it's is been, it? It's been 25000 for the last time Josh Green talked about it. Okay, that's dumb. Make it 35000 Stop it. I, I agree. But if you're going to have 25000 there. Um, probably. I, I, mean, I mean, Josh Green would be one. Um, maybe Glenn Wakai would be another to get our points across. Oh, give me but, a break. Okay. But if you're okay, only going to get 25000 know you know I think Josh Green needs some logo wear. <laughs> Huh? With a little J and a G and maybe a, a stethoscope coming over the top or something wow. like that. I would order. I would wear Josh Green uh, logo wear. Now, please don't write in. That's not a political statement. I would just love, you know, and you would have the, uh, you know, the, the reverse print Aloha shirt with the jacket overlook. Right. And on the blazer it would have the Josh Green logo, maybe a little lapel pin. I saw him wearing his usual attire at uh, Brotherhood Grinds at Giovanni Pastrami a couple of weeks ago. Can you tell him that he doesn't have to? Why does he have to wear a blazer? We already know you're the governor. Hello, I'm wearing a blazer because I'm the governor. I mean, Mayor Blangiardi doesn't wear a blazer. No, he doesn't. The only people who wear blazers are lawyers and TV anchormen. I mean, come on. And they're probably wearing shorts below the blazers. <laughs> Well, I mean, I can see that, you know, if George Ariochi was was doing this or John Waihei. But this is 2023. Who's our lieutenant governor? I can't remember her name. Oh, boy. Anyway, anyway, can somebody get through her to kind of talk to them? It's 18 minutes after the hour. I tell you what, let's let's um, I said we were ready to start the show. That was uh, 45 minutes ago. OK, now we're done. With a warm-up, we're ready to start the show. And our special guest, Kala'i Harrison, is joining us next on ESPN Honolulu. 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Oh, hey, looking for a good happy hour? Look no further than Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack in IAEA. They've got great, not only do they have, you know, drinks at happy hour prices that you're going to love. they got a great special on Budweiser. But also, uh, you can get some great poo-poo, too. So put a little south in your mouth and wet your whistle at Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack and I Ale. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. We've mentioned uh, in the past uh, about our next guest dad. His name is Kenny Harrison. He's an All-American University of Hawaii baseball player, played professional uh, baseball as well. He was part of our team here for a while at ESPN Honolulu when his kids were young. 
and uh, even KJ. KJ, I think, was uh, just in high school, uh, the oldest son. And uh, so he had all these little brothers, and uh, they were always running around at our tailgates at Aloha Stadium. And then so when we talk about Kala'i Harrison, we're saying and they, people say, oh, because they're all grown up, nobody recognizes the kids anymore. They say, which one was that? Because Kenny has so many kids. So, oh, which one is that? And everyone else says the same thing. Oh, the funny one. <laughs> the funny one joins us now. Let's still if he, see if he's still funny. Kala'i Harrison here with the animals on the Aloha Kia hotline. Hello, Kala'i. How are you? What's up? How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing good. I'm doing good. We, I'm doing do good. you have? Do you have? Are you still a fun-loving guy like you were when you were a young kid? Oh yes, always, always. Try my best. <laughs> right on. Good to have you on the show. Great to have you on. And yeah. congratulations about getting drafted a couple of days ago by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Did you have any sense or any idea that they were one of the teams interested in you? I honestly didn't. I was just kind of going through the process, and I knew quite a bit of teams were interested in me, but I, I didn't really have a pulse for who exactly was kind of the hottest team on me, and when I, when I saw my name go up on the board, I was just as surprised as everybody else to go with the Pirates, and I'm very thankful for it. I heard some people were watching, I guess, the draft online, and I guess it was two picks um, delayed. And some people, it was one of the other Hawaii guys that got selected, didn't even know it because, again, some people were texting him that he got drafted, even though on streaming it showed up a few minutes later. When you found out, well, you said you found you saw it on online or you saw the, your name show up on the screen. What was that moment like? Where were you? Were you with your family? Yeah, I was just at home with my youngest brother, Kahaku, and uh, – my parents were at work, and uh, KJ was working some camps at um, UH. So I was just by myself with Kahaku, just hanging around the whole time. And I was checking up on the draft tracker here and there, but I was I was honestly just playing. <laughs> I was actually just playing video games with Kahaku, just <laughs> trying to uh, buy the time a little bit, uh, keep, keep my nerves cool. But I was looking at the draft tracker and, and saw my name pop up, and it was a pretty awesome moment. Wow, what a feeling that must have been! What does it feel like having the little baby actually bigger than all of you other, all the the big brothers? What's that like? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, every time, every time I it's come like, home, it gets bigger and bigger. Right. It's like the it's like the Fehoko family. The biggest one is always the youngest one. We're talking with Kalei Harrison <laughs> yeah. now with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization uh, via the Aloha Kia Hotline. One of the things that's cool about baseball, different at least from the other sports, is you get drafted, and within a couple of days, like well, the other sport, you'll fly into the home city or wherever they have their facilities and get physical, meet the media, and you know maybe sign a contract, but usually start playing summer league ball. So what is next for you as far as baseball is concerned? Yeah, I believe so that I'll be flying to Pittsburgh on Tuesday, uh, doing my physicals and everything on Wednesday, and then, yeah, like you said, already – flying out to Florida on Thursday to meet all the new guys. And I don't know exactly yet what the next baseball step is, but Florida is where their spring training facility is. So we'll see uh, what holds over there. Watch out for the critters. they got a lot of critters down there in Florida. You know, <laughs> we got pythons and alligators and stuff. Just keep your head on a swivel. I'm sorry. Go ahead, yeah. Gary. <laughs> Being from such a great baseball family, what advice have you gotten from either your dad, Kenny, or from KJ, who's been through this process as well just a few years ago? Yeah, I mean, they always just tell me to stay the course and keep my head down, keep working and developing every day. I mean, 
hopefully every season ends up being a long season and hopefully ends up being a long career. And as long as I keep stacking days on days and developing every day, I should be able to reach my max potential, and that's all I can ask, ask for. We are talking with Kalei Harrison for the Pittsburgh Pirates now getting drafted in the 18th round of the Major League Draft here on ESPN Honolulu. And, you know, you were at Texas A&M, and I'm a Texas A&M fan. My brother used to be a professor there. But then you go to uh, NC State, and by the new transfer portal rules, you're able to play right away. One thing I noticed about NC State, five players got drafted this week, which is pretty impressive. You guys had a really mm-hmm. good team. Was that part of the mindset as far as going to NC State to maybe improve your professional chances? Yeah, I mean, I, one of the reasons I chose NC State was because of their um, ability to develop shortstops. And the past five shortstops have, I, mean, I, I think it was, it's six actually gotten drafted who played the spot, whether it was they were there for one year or stayed for three years. They, they all ended up getting drafted by the end of the time, and I kind of wanted to add on to that, and I knew that they're doing a good job over there so it it was very um appealing to me to go there for that reason you mentioned shortstop last year at nc state you started all 57 games i believe only two players were able to do that for your team but it was kind of a split 31 and 26 between shortstop and second base has pittsburgh talked to you about that at all as far as which position or do you have a preference it almost sounds like shortstop would be it yeah they they haven't talked to me about that yet but i i feel comfortable at both positions. I, I don't mind playing either position. Both both positions are pretty fun to me. This this year was definitely just a little bit of a switch because I haven't played second base since high school, but it definitely got me better as a player just developing over there as well because I know in pro ball I'll be, I won't play one position the whole time, so being able to have that versatility really helps. Oh, What's yeah. it? Was it much like of an Iser, like like uh, Falefa for the uh, Kiner Falefa for the Yankees? He plays yeah. all the positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's played seven, I think now. <laughs> was there much of an adjustment going from the SEC to the ACC? Um, not too much, honestly. They both really great. Uh, they both have great pitching staffs on both sides. They have great um, players and talent. So it wasn't any much of a um, switch. I mean, I think I saw some graphics that showed they both had the two highest draft picks out of all the conferences, so the time was there in both spots. Right on. Does NIL happen a lot with baseball players in your conferences, both the SEC? I'm sure they do, but... Gary that... wants to know how much money you made. No, no, I don't want to know. I do want to know that, but I'm not going to ask that. But with baseball and those two big conferences, I mean, you have teams from those conferences going to the World Series every year. Uh, is it as big of a deal as you anticipated as far as NILs in those conferences? Yeah, it's. It's. I think it's getting bigger and bigger now. I, I was part of, like, the first year, and... I think people didn't really know what to do too much and how the coaches were still figuring out how they can help their own team. I remember at a and we're going through that, and then um, I think people are starting to figure out more and more. I mean, you hear all these transfer portal things here and there of going wherever they're going, getting this money. But, I mean, it's also it's also hard to tell which are rumors or not. So it's... Mm. It's interesting, though. Cool. What position well, did you your brother what? play? Oh. 
What was that? Your younger brother, what position is he going to play? He plays uh, shortstop, too. Okay. The um, yeah. the All right. Well, you know what? We'll let you go. On your way, stuff as many spam musubis and zip packs <laughs> in your backpack, you know, take there with you go. because, I mean, you got to go to Pittsburgh, which is cool because the Steelers are there, too, mm-hmm. and everybody loves the Steelers. And then you get to yeah, go down yeah. in Florida. And so, anyway, we're, we're just so proud of you. And, and uh, hi to the rest of your family, and uh, have a good trip, okay, Kalai? Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me Thank on. Kalai. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Thank you. Uh, Colette Harrison uh, appears via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Check out the website, alohakia.com. You see, he was a, he was kind of, he, was, he had to make, you know, in the beginning, he was a little shy, and then he loosened up. <laughs> Wasn't very that's funny, the though. Fun, that's the funny one, though. Well, he's, <laughs> you know, he has, he doesn't know us anymore. We knew him when he was, like, seven. And I remember when you described him as the funny one. That's how I remember. I remember. See, that's how I remember. You remember which one is Kalohe? Yes. All right. Uh, He was. He was the rascal. He was the Kalohe one. It's eight thirty-two. We're the sports animals. We'd like to invite you to join us. Uh, Tanner Hayworth and and uh, Chad Owens and Charlie Wade, Coach Bud. We're uh, getting more people on the guest list. We'll be down there on site five to seven p.m. Wednesday at Growler Hawaii for the really big road show. I believe it's the last one we're ever doing, so come on down and join us from ESPN Honolulu. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, if it wasn't for our listeners, Gary, I don't know where it would be. Remember, I couldn't think of who the, oh, I, I, I didn't know who our lieutenant governor was. Sylvia Luke, of oh. course. I was like, who's our lieutenant governor? Michelle Kadani? I don't know. No, it's Sylvia Luke. Uh, maybe if UH renamed. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have to read this. Now you Because do. I started. Maybe if UH renamed Ching Field DMK Stadium, she would support <laughs> UH. <laughs> Can you run by that, Ms. Uh, Mercado Kim's office, please? If we change the name, because really, remember, Governor Green, when he, when he got that $200 million, he was like, hey, we need the people to get along. You know, work with the ledge, university, work with the ledge, ledge, work with the university. Work together, please. And so this is a way that you could do it. That's one way. But you don't way. get rid of the Ching. I mean, the Ching name, they gave you the money for it. Yes, right. You can't do So that. you would call it DMK Field. If that, yeah, if that, yeah. Or, or maybe just name a play after her. I got inspired by watching the Netflix uh, series Quarterback last night. And the episode was all about the, the different plays that these guys do. Oh, that uh, the kind quarterbacks of play. in the NFL, yeah, the play. Like Name a Broadway play. play. No, well, you could, but they, it's already called Scrooge, so they already. <laughs> but name a football play for you know senator, and I don't know. It's Take a the name. one where you just the one where you just cram it up the middle. That one. <laughs> Call name that after her. Just saying. 
Thank you for the text on the Zephyr Insurance text line. I, I want to continue with UH football for just a second, and I know I've talked about this maybe last year, but, you know, we, we hear and see, and we're getting text, of course, about the new stadium and some of the people being upset about it taking so long and all that stuff. I don't want to go down that far, down that road so far. That but rabbit hole. That rabbit hole, yes. But football is back. It's coming back. And what I was afraid of when COVID was going on, and we almost lost an entire season. We had a very short season in year one with Todd Graham there. We started in October. And other sports weren't allowed full capacity. Other sports all had games canceled. UH didn't have that many, but it went around. And, you know, we were, you know for sports fans like us, you just, you know, obviously COVID was more important and life was more important than sports, but we lost everything we had with sports for the most part we don't think we lost everything we lost a lot of what was normal sports lives as far as viewing attending games being played then it comes back and what i was afraid of then is that people were going to start complaining about to me minute kind of things now tailgating isn't that small of a thing i know that because people love it more than the games itself in some cases yes. but we have it back and i you know after 9 11 what it taught me was that sports wasn't the most important thing in the world because before that it was more than almost anything to me it really was oh no it, it's not well you care about your mom more than sports you care I, about your family more than sports um it was kind of neck and neck and i know that's terrible but it was kind of true but 9-11 put things in perspective covid i think should have done the same thing and it did for me when the games returned and we were allowed to go i wasn't allowed to go to a basketball game during covid good uh, at the pick home game book <laughs> pick up a book um, well, I was still doing the fans' voice after the game, but things weren't normal. So now we get things back, and I know there were complaints about some of the things that T.C. Ching. I looked at the positives about it, and I just mentioned a few a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. This year, we're, we're even more in a normal situation, even though the stadium thing had nothing to do with COVID. It's not the same, but I, I was, hope that fans would appreciate that you get to go to games, and especially with football, when people do. are... But it's uncomfortable. We... They said the seats are uncomfortable. Well, they they are to some people. Not everybody felt that way. And, and Craig Angelus discussed that, too, when we had him on a growler a month or so ago. What did he say? He was saying they were looking at things as far as getting seat backs. And I forget what plan he but might I have don't had. Think that, but I don't think that's the only problem. I don't. I mean, for seating, there's not for enough seat... room. There's, it, it, my, my, people say they're even small people are like, my knees are in the guys sitting in front of me. They're. They're in his back. And if that's the case, then don't need sit backs. Just just lean back on the person's legs behind you. We're all one happy family. But that's what people are saying. I mean, I'm, I'm not coming out here to be Nancy negative. I'm just, yeah. uh, you know, that's what people are saying is, hey, it's, it's uncomfortable. Okay. And, and that's, that's why they changed the new Aloha Stadium thing. It's not going to be bench seating, remember? Right, right, right. And that's kind of part of my point is that even though there are, there are some negatives, I mean, you can't dismiss it, but... I think we should appreciate what we have. And that's what I mean by COVID put things more in perspective for me. Regular things like instead of eating food on the trunk of my car, I can go to a restaurant now. And that's what it was like with COVID when restaurants closed. I know that's a bad example maybe, but things are more normal. I appreciate the everyday things that I had. And I know not everybody will, but I, I would hope that more people, instead of looking at the negatives of TCJ, and it's not perfect, 
But there's a lot of positives about it. The atmosphere, being closer to the action. Uh, hopefully they'll improve, and I think they will improve the stadium experience little by little, maybe you know, a few things a year. Even for basketball, if we have a DJ or different things or the concession like the extra nacho stand that you want. But mm-hmm. I, I, I would hope that fans would just appreciate going to a game. And if everybody, if there are some people that feel I'd rather watch it at home because there's no tailgating, okay, that's going to happen. I still feel we can get... 15,000 fans a game. It might not happen against a team like Albany, but it should happen against a Stanford. That's the main, well, big reason why they're closing campus early that day on Friday, September 1st. But it's still, we used to go to football games again. And when it was taken away, I remember how that hurt for any sporting event. I mean, whether it's here in the mainland, but even especially here, because we all go to games for the most part. And if we don't go to games, we want to watch or listen to the games on radio. But so many, so many games or enough of them, again, were canceled because of COVID. So now that we're getting back to a normal routine as close as we can since it started three-plus mm-hmm. years ago, I, I wish we'd hear more of the positive comments about going to a UH football game. I think yeah, there is a lot of good experiences no, there. Oh, there is, but nobody says it. I mean, in 2007, people were finding things to complain about. They didn't sell out the stadium till like, the last three games. Right, right. That's just, I think that's just, and, and that's not a Hawaii, that's just sports fans. It is, general. you're right. It's not unique here. We like the moan. <laughs> it's kind of like this radio show. But uh, anyway, uh, you can call, you can text, you can call in if you want, but you can text in at 808-296-1420. For the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. And uh, this one says, forget Shager and Yellen. I cannot wait for Jonah Chong to play for Chang at Ching. <laughs> wait, didn't Jonah Chong enter the transfer portal? I... Oh, he came from the transfer portal. I'm sorry. He came from what? Nevada, yeah? Uh, okay. <laughs> I want Chong to play for Chang at Ching. I like it. Best text of the day. Thank you very much. Nice T-shirt. Have that on there. Yeah, make a logo. CCC. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Get that. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you get the link at thebradenshager.com. <laughs> Folks, support our quarterback. Buy the merchandise. I'm going to buy a hat. I'm going to buy a hat. I'd buy a shirt. I like the BS on the shirt. Well, I like it, but it, uh, what sizes do they go up to? I didn't. I didn't look yet. I would imagine okay. they're going to be at least double X, if not triple. Well, yeah. But I'll check. Let's go to the uh, text line again here. UH has to pay to play at Aloha Stadium. If the net revenue would be the same or more than playing at Aloha Stadium, with a twenty-five to thirty-five thousand stadium compared uh, thousand seat stadium compared to a fifteen to twenty thousand on campus. Wouldn't it make more sense to choose on campus? More likely sellouts compared to 50 to 75% filled stadiums. Now, if you're going off the old deal from Aloha Stadium, it was they they charged UH a lot. And you remember June Jones kind of had that turned around, right? Yes. June kind of had that turned around where it was like, okay, we'll pay for, you know, you can keep the parking. But, no, then again, Koa Nui Nui bought a bunch of parking and resold it. Whoever's idea that was, that was a smart one. Um, but see, I don't know if it's that much money they actually pay out now to Aloha Stadium. In other words, I think you still make more money at 35,000 seats at if you're going to get that much in attendance 
at a new Aloha Stadium than you do 15 to 20 on campus, I think. Because you still got to clean everything up and hire people. Uh, you just got to pay for them yourself. That's all you got to pay I'd, for, I'd love I to see. The, I don't have a P&L thing here, but I'd love to see what that looks like. It's very, I'm very curious now. I thought they stopped paying rent at one point, and they just had to pay for the cleanup. Right, and, and that, but that was like still that. like 100000 a game or something, which wasn't that much money. Oh, it was that much again, but I don't know what was the was. Uh, okay. Don't quote you. Don't quote okay. me. I could be off. I, I got good news off. for you, though. What? You can get a Braden Shaker shirt, 4XL, 3XL, 2XL, all oh, the way down. Oh, okay. All right. So they do have the Iliki Tanuvasa size. Yeah. Ilm Manning, if he wants to, can get a shirt. Folks, <laughs> the thebradenshager.com. Thebradenshager.com. I think I'll go with the clean white. No, you know what? I'm going with the Shager Bomb. I want the Shager Bomb hoodie. That's what I want. You see me at the night games at T.C. Chang? You'll be like, oh, who's that cool guy? Oh, that's Chris Hart. <laughs> oh, he's got the Shager Bomb. He is. Yeah, he looked cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Do a Grove like Ole Miss. Okay. Um, the same person earlier, and thank you for uh, still, boy, this person's been listening for a long time today. Thank you. It says, uh, he was talking about having the bozo crazies, right? This, yeah. The crazy student section of the football stadium. And it says, do a grove like Ole Miss. What do they mean? What's a grove? I don't know what they do at Ole Miss for football. It must be something with the student section or the crowds at the game, but I'm not sure what that is, actually. What's the one where they're jumping around? Is that, is that a Central Florida? Wisconsin, the jump around they do after the third quarter. They just jump, 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 jump. They play to that song. Whatever the song, I think it's called the jump. It's around. called there's a, no, there's a song called Jump Around. Yeah, the there's jump a song around. called Jump Around, but do they j- jump up and down? Yeah, Wisconsin after the third quarter, between the third and fourth quarter. Oh, what do we do? We, we play, play the Cole Brennan song now. Uh, the, not the Cole Brennan song, the Cole Brennan favorite song by Bob Marley, uh, "One Love." Oh, really? They played With, that the Norm last Chow couple of years. Chow was here. They played uh, Masese. Masese, right. Mas- or Nick Rolovich. I think it was Nick Rolovich. Sorry. Okay. It was Nick Rolovich, and then yeah. Anyway. All right, it's uh, eight. Oh gosh, gotta get. Uh, we we gotta take a break. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up the show here on National Nude Day. Woohoo! On ESPN Honolulu. How about we end the show today with some sports shorts? Of course. Got a couple of sports shorts. Uh, Just kind of cleaning up uh, stuff we didn't get to today. By the way, Artie Wilson is going to join us at 9 o'clock. And Artie is, uh, is Artie, so Artie is going to go on vacation after this? Is that what I understand? That's what Tanner said, yes. Okay, so our last chance to catch Artie uh, Wilson on on point. That's coming up next for a little while. I'm probably going to go see his family and stuff, yeah. Uh, on the mainland, on the continent. We didn't even get to the former Georgia staffer who is now suing, uh, who is suing Georgia, University of Georgia, and Jalen Carter, Victoria Bowles. She survived that car wreck. And now she's suing the university and Jalen Carter? I don't get it. Well, I mean, Jalen Carter is in the NFL, so he's got some money. Where I mean, I hate to look at it this way, but if it was somebody who wasn't in the NFL, I wonder if you would sue them because you're not going to get anything. And I'm not sure if that's her ulterior motive, uh, but she's putting blame on them, and I guess rightfully so from everything we heard from that accident. 
Yeah. But it's sad, so, totally sad situation, of course. Yeah. Hey, you know the, uh, uh, the okay, so the everyone's, not everyone, but the San Diego State was and will continue to wait for the Pac-12 to get their whole television done deal, their te- te- television deal done, which doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon because everything is so up in the air about, well, who's going to be in the Pac-12? So somebody did get a TV deal done yesterday. Yes. And that was the ACC. They uh, made a deal with the CW. Yes, the CW. You know, the station that shows the Live Tour. Yes. But they they, uh, they struck up a deal, uh, 50 football and basketball games. So Every this Saturday. is the – now, they also have the ACC network, right? So this is not their only deal. But that's, that's how cool it is. It's like we got our own network, and we have a TV deal with the CW. They signed a 20-year deal 10 years ago, and a lot of ACC members think it's not that valuable anymore because they signed it so long ago. Other TV oh. deals are a lot higher. It's in effect until 2035-36 with ESPN. So now you have these additional games. I thought, why are you doing that on CW? But they're going to have basketball doubleheaders every Saturday, and maybe it won't be Duke, North Carolina, of course. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you get these games and they get more exposure is smart. It's more money for the schools, maybe keeping some of those schools in the ACC. Also, the part of the Pac-12 and the ACC doing something together, that looks like that's out the window because the ACC now has their own extra deal. Wow. So the Pac-5 is just continually, they continually get left in the dust. Pac-12, yes, yes. By everybody else, the Pac-12. But the ACC, that's cool, though. It's like, and that's how it is. You want a long-term deal for, you know, uh, stability. But then again, do you want to be like LeBron James in the past where you just signed a bunch of one-year deals right. and you're more in control? Right. Well, they got their cake and they ate it, too, because they kind of got it both ways on that one, though. Yeah, it sounds like a smart move, actually, for them. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's all I guess that's all the time we have for today. Okay. So uh, this is what's on the docket. Remember, it's uh, Artie Wilson on point. That's coming up next. Let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy at noon and off the bench with Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes at 3 o'clock. And don't forget, we'll see you at Growler next Wednesday with Chad Owens. This is ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.